is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, yo, man. Happy Wednesday to you. The Monty Show, as always, presented by The Advocates. TheAdvocates.com, the best entry attorneys in the business, where you never reach into your pocket to pay the advocates, not before, during, or after your work with the advocates. No, you don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case at theadvocates.com, or you can chat with an attorney right now, live online for free at theadvocates.com. Big show for you today. Uh, I see a lot of you, uh, I've probably got 20 DMs on Ross Dellinger's tweet uh, about this Pac-12 legal briefing that was filed today. Uh, There is a huge update in the Michigan cheating scandal uh, that is just, you know, again, I don't know how Jim Harbaugh survives this. Um, You know, I I think one of the things that's really interesting today also, um, boy, and look at this. (laughs) Coog Connect. Uh, is reporting today uh, that BYU um, is getting a Tesla relationship. How about this? Um, You know that BYU and Utah are rivals. Utah got hooked up with what? Dodge trucks? Yeah, Dodge 1500s. Uh, According to KugConnect at KugConnect.com, um, there is a, there is a, uh, a deal in place, um, with the Cougars and Tesla of some sort. And I, this is amazing. All of it. We, we were sitting here an hour ago trying to figure out what the best talking point was. Um, it, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable, um, uh, that Keelan Marion, um, is apparently got hooked up with a Tesla, which okay. is pretty cool. Well, that's cool. Pretty cool. Like th- all of this came down in the last probably half hour. Uh, we'll have to delve into that story a little bit, but very interesting. I think this PAC 12 story, I guess is the, is it, it I, I want to say that it's the lead because it seems like everybody is, is very excited about this. Um, I don't think this is new. I we're going to lead with this story. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. I don't think this is new. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Ross Dellinger has gotten his hands on court filings. And one of the major things we've talked about on this show is exactly what's in this court filing. Because again, I will tell you point blank. If you've listened to the show, you know, Jake and I have already seen these documents. Mm-hmm. Um, we have already reported everything that is in these documents from Ross Dellinger. Um, and that is that the PAC-2 are standing on the belief that previous actions in the conference is what's going to save them. What you're looking at here is a legal document that that the PAC-2 is filing saying that Phil DiStefano, the chancellor at Colorado University, texted Commissioner Klyovkov 
stating that the CU Board of Directors intended to vote later in the afternoon to join the Big 12 Conference. Now, why is that significant? Well, it's written notice that Colorado intended to leave the conference. Now, you'll notice uh, General Counsel Scott Petersmeyer sent a letter to CU acknowledging the Pac-12's receipt of the University of Colorado um, to withdraw from the Pac-12 conference. Now, we've reported that on this show Mm -hmm. directly. We told you that happened. Ross Dellinger is putting that out as breaking news, brand new. Um, Here's another filing. Um, In this filing, minutes before the August 4th board meeting uh, was to commence, as we told you, remember what we've reported on this show. Before you read this, what did we tell you? That Colorado and Washington stunned an entire collective of Pac-12 membership. The remaining members of the conference were shocked by Washington and Oregon's decision to leave the conference. And we were berated. We told we didn't, we were told we didn't know what we were talking about. You don't have sources. Well, look at this. Yeah. In a court filing, look at the bottom paragraph. Minutes before the August 4th, 2023. Uh, board meeting was scheduled to commence. Oregon and Washington delivered a shocking announcement that they were withdrawing from the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten. Now, notice, if you go back to August 4th, watch our show, we're going to read almost that chapter and verse because it was texted to us. Right. That the board was about to meet in Oregon and Washington. They were They were on this meeting, a virtual meeting. Hey, how are you? Oh, good to see you, man. I played shitty golf this morning. Boy, let me tell you about this new chai latte I tried down at the local. Oh, hey, look, it's Oregon. What's going on, guys? Yeah, hey, uh, uh, congratulations on the coffee, but we got an announcement to make, which is essentially what happened. They stunned the Pac-12 with their notice. Right. Um In addition to their public announcement, both universities wrote letters to the conference announcing they would not be delivering a grant of media rights authorization to the conference for any time beyond August 1st, 2024, which is the last day in the the fiscal year where Oregon and Washington, uh, USC and UCLA officially become members of the Big Ten, uh, August 1st, 2024. Mm Mm-hmm. The last day of the fiscal year is July 31st. Um, in a formal uh, formalistic attempt to avoid application of the bylaws and removal from the board, an outcome mandated by the bylaws, their letter stated, for the sake of clarity, the university is not delivering notice of withdrawal from the conference at this time in contravention, which basically says we want to we want to make sure that we remain in control. I think this is a huge win for the Pac-2. And as I have told you guys repeatedly over and over again, the Pac-2 is in the driver's seat here. There, There is no question about it. And why are they in the driver's seat, you may ask? Because there is precedent on the side of the Pac-2. And that precedent says that they kicked USC and UCLA off the board of directors of the Pac-12. Because in the bylaws, it says once you once you present notice to the board that you are withdrawing from the conference, you no longer have a seat on the board. Sure. So there's precedent in place. Mm-hmm. Now, as we've reported chapter and verse, and now as months later, Ross Dellinger 
what is this? Almost three months later, Ross Dellinger is backing up what we reported on the show. All of a sudden, Oregon and Washington want to try and keep their seat at the table. And as we've told you, sources in the conference have let us know that this is all a formality and this is now probably going to court. So do you see anything different, new, or compelling in this case? No, I don't see anything new. I, I, I think that, you know, the 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 line that really stands out to me um, based on what, you know, we talked about before when we broke this news is at the end when they say, for the sake of clarity, the university is not delivering notice of withdrawal, right? And so why would that matter? Well, what they're basically saying is, hey, we're not giving you notice we're leaving the conference, right? What we're saying is that, we're just joining another conference once the grant of rights expires on July 31st, 2024. And so that's the game that the 10 who are leaving are going to play. Their, their argument here is essentially that, hey, we can't give you notice we're leaving a conference if we leave after the grant of rights is expired. The only problem with that is if is if you're the two who are remaining, you're saying it doesn't matter about the grant of rights. We still have a conference, whether it's on TV or not. And so it's this sort of back and forth, which is exactly why these two are not heading, uh, heading to a settlement. And I think that's the most important thing to understand. This is all a matter of perspective of the, the PAC-12 bylaws and governing rules, which is, hey, we think you guys should lose your seat at the table. And the 10 who left are saying, well, we don't think we should lose our seat at the table because the conference was essentially going to die anyway. That's the argument they're trying to make. So I don't think there's anything particularly new here. These arguments are the same. Right? It's now just kind of official in writing. Like none of this is like, oh my God, this is like new breaking news. Like, you know, it would be different if a judge had ruled on this or something, or like there had been some determination on how this was going to go forward or whatever. But that's not the case here. This is just court filings, essentially reaffirming what everybody already knew, but just doing that in writing in a court setting. That's that's what you're what you're doing here. So to me, this is hardly breaking news. I, I'm not saying that Ross is making something up or anything. It's not really about Ross. I think he's just sort of doing what Ross Dellinger does, which is a great job reporting on the happenings in college football. But the fact of the matter is none of this stuff is new or breaking. And I still maintain the essence of this case is how do we how, how do we uh uh interpret the bylaws of the Pac-12 based on the grant of rights situation that was taking place, right? Because again, my initial reaction, you know, it's what, 3 months ago now or whatever we talked yeah, about yeah. this, my initial reaction was, "Hey, I think the 10 leaving have a strong case because again, the grant of rights wasn't going to happen." Uh, and, and, and they're not leaving the con they're not noticing the conference they're leaving before 2024 happens. If that was the case, then I would say this is, this is on lock, but be this added factor of, Hey, the grant of rights expires. We're all essentially free agents in that way. And we decided to go to a different place. And that's right. what I think has to be determined. And again, it's one of those things where we've never seen this before. And, and I don't know, like, I, I'm inclined to think that a judge would just go by what the bylaws said. Hey, if you're leaving the conference, grants of rights aside, you're going to leave the conference. You don't have a voting say, pack two, you win. Well, and I, I also think not to undersell the lead, but I mean, what Ross is, the reason that Ross is backing up all of our reporting on this is because according to Ross Dellinger at Yahoo Sports, this is right from his article, at yahoosports.com, the two remaining members of the conference filed a motion 
for preliminary injunction in their court battle against the 10 outgoing Pac-12 schools and Commissioner George Klyovkov. Uh, the order uh, seeks stipulation that Washington State and Oregon State be the only voting members of the Pac-12 board until a final judgment in the case is rendered. Um, and then in this last paragraph here, as part of the motion, the two schools produced dozens of pages of documents through discovery that support their claim. Uh, the claim at the center of the case is imperative in control of what is believed to be more than $100 million in assets coming to the conference. And again, not to say we told you so, but you already know. Yeah, this fight has always been over about $100 million of money that's separated into three different categories. I think they. I think this fight is is as over as it can be without having a judge's decision. And I am thrilled that all of this this uh, discovery has been had. I am thrilled that that. I mean, the bottom line here is, and I think this is even Ross's headline. Uh, and this was filed forty minutes ago. Washington State and Oregon State um, believe that the that the other remaining 10 members in the conference want to dissolve the conference and redistribute the Pac-12 assets equally. Yeah. Which is what we've been telling you, but they don't have a grounds to do that. I don't think this is, and again, I'm not, I guess I'm not trying to cut the legs out from the story. Yeah. I just don't think this is new or spectacular or, I mean, this is exactly what we've known was going to happen. Except now it's in motion and writing and people are saying it's breaking news, yeah. which it's not. Wait, wait. I don't necessarily think it's breaking news. I would agree with you yeah, on it's that. Not, it's, not, it's not breaking news. I, I just think that that this situation is thirsty for resolution. It's thirsty for moving along because then we can get onto the business of scheduling alliances and merging and doing the things that all of us fans love to do and speculate about. And and that's what I'm saying. Like, I just think that I, I, this this situation is as real life as it gets in terms of, hey, it's a, it's a leverage play if you're the 10 who left. And if you're the two remaining, you're going off of what the piece of paper said that y'all signed. And, and that's classic life scenario. And look, I get it. I, I just wonder, again, the question's always been, how long can the two remaining hold out financially? I, I don't know how long you can just just continue to move forward through this process without having schedules done, without having any of the 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 you know business side of the conference done. And I'll just keep telling you the same thing I've said that George Kalyovkov is the best thing and the worst thing that has happened to the Pac two because his text messages are just fruits that keep bearing nutrition. For their fight like they just keep continuing you know there's some some verbiage in these documents from Klyovkov's text messages where he talked about there are only four board members left and mm -hmm. you know he, like George Klyovkov in his incompetence continues to help the Pac-2 survive and I think that the Pac-2 will win this court fight because I just don't think that there are grounds to dissolve the league when there are two remaining members and the bylaws favor those two remaining members. Yeah, and it's this difference between what a grant of rights actually is versus what a conference is. Because a lot of people like to just say, oh, they're the same thing. I mean, they're one and the same. Well, and that's the farthest thing from the truth. They're no. not. A grant of rights is 
uh, an archaic caveman deal done to to with TV partners to distribute your content. But that doesn't mean if you don't have one of those that you don't have a league. Now, on a piece of paper, your league's not going to last very long without a grant of rights. That's absolutely true. But that doesn't mean that the 10 who left just get to say, yep, we left uh, because the grants of rights ran out, and that means the league was dead. That That's where the Pac-2 is stepping in and, and staking their claim. Yeah. And I and I think it's a brilliant strategy. I think I, I agree. I, again, I'm inclined to think if you put it in front of a judge, you're going to win that argument. But I, I, I'm telling you right now, the biggest question for the Pac-2 has nothing to do with what the bylaws say. It has everything to do with getting blood dry and extending this process as long as yeah, possible. Absolutely right. And and I think this is leverage to try and win this case. This is leverage to try and either dismiss the counterclaim from Washington and the, the nine members who supported Washington's claim, because remember, this case is in the state of Washington. So the University of Washington uh, filed a counterclaim that the other nine members uh, exiting with Washington supported in briefs. Um, like that, I just don't see that the exiting 10 have a leg to stand on here. I mean, it's going to be really difficult for them to win if this goes to court. Remember, we were told yesterday, uh, that there, there is not a settlement imminent and you're, you're now in a situation where you're 19 days away from this. Um, so it's going to be, or 20 days away from this. Now it's going to be very difficult for, I think this case to stay out of court. Uh, unfortunately, because I think it, yeah, I think it is very, very difficult on the pack too for this to go to court because that means you're probably past the first of the year and it means you're not going to be able to do a merger with the Mountain West and that means that you're going to wind up in a scheduling alliance. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. First one in today, Lance Johnson. Why does Who does Monty hate more? Harbaugh, Kurtz, Pervin, or Ollie? Well, I don't hate any of those people. I don't know. I, I, who is Kurtz and who is... Oh, you mean like Urban Meyer? Like, okay, well, thanks for the five bucks, dude. Uh, due to that reasoning, does this does that not mean USC and UCLA have a right to cause? Have a right because they are not leaving early. Also, they are leaving after the grant of rights are over. Well, I don't understand your question. So this is a very different situation than the ACC. The grant of rights is not at issue here in any way, shape, or form. What is at issue is who controls the TV trucks, who controls the copy machines and the copy paper and the hundreds of millions of dollars in assets. Who controls that? Who owns it? Who has legal right to it? This has, I think a lot of people, you know, tend to get confused about, you know, what's actually happening. There is no grant of rights in the PAC-12. It expires on July 31st. August 1st, all of these 10 exiting members will be in different conferences. So you're looking at the Big 10, obviously the Big 12 and the ACC. The, these 10 exiting members are going about their merry lives somewhere else. Oregon State and Washington State are trying to pick up the pieces and build a new Pac-12. And the argument that the 10 exiting are making is, hey, we invested in this conference. Um, and we believe that we are we are old an equal share of the full value of the Pac-12 assets, cash and, and infrastructure. And the Pac-2's argument is, well, that's our stuff because the conference isn't dead. So that's what the conversation's about. Don't bring in the grant of rights because it really has no place in the argument. It, it, yeah. it isn't, it's insignificant. It means nothing. 
what is significant are the bylaws of the Pac-12, which is a completely different document and set of rules to anything about this, this grant of rights, which is really null and void in this conversation. It means nothing. So the Pac-12 grant of rights means nothing uh, in the grand scheme of things. So I, I think the, yeah, that's exactly right, Cougar Tracks. They're your real winners. The lawyers are the real winners. 100%. The arbiter is the real winner because they're all getting paid. And the, I think the most difficult part um, is that you're looking at a situation with the Pac-2 where you're just burning through cash trying to, to win this case. And I think the Pac-10, the exiting 10 members of the Pac-12 are well aware of that. And they, as they, you used the proper terminology before, getting bled dry. The pack two are getting bled dry, period. I mean, that's the yeah. that's really the only way to to look at this. And I and I and just I think don't... it's the only win for the ten leaving. I mean, yeah. I, I I you know again, I, I I don't know if you're the ten who left, legally speaking, how you would win this case. Yeah, because of the bylaws. But winning a case hardly is just the legal side. I mean, again, I can't emphasize this enough. The ten who left are getting paid. You want to talk about grant of rights? The 10 who left have a fresh grant of rights as far as they're concerned. So so to me, if I'm them, I, I'm sitting here not discussing, hey, how can we win this in court? I, I'm here talking about, hey, how can we elongate this thing uh, as long as possible Correct. to get what we want? Or how can we create a threat of leverage to get what we want? Because that's the only way they're going to get what they want. And, and that's what I think we're waiting to see. So when... Ross is tweeting court filings. It's not as though this is new information. It's just moving along. Yeah, I, I, yeah. If you're Oregon State and Washington State, I would be asking for a dismissal based on this. Yeah. Which I have to believe is what they're after. And, you know, like, like I said, it, it is, it is pretty wild. Um, I I just don't know how the Pac-2 lose this. Yeah. And for all the Oregon State and Washington State fans who have been on the panic button, you're in the short term, you might struggle. This coming 2024, the next 18 months could be difficult. No question. But once you win this case, a lot of your problems are solved. A lot of your problems are solved. Mm -hmm. And it clears the way for a merger with a G5 conference. And that G5 conference is going to be the Mountain West. And it is absolutely going to put Oregon State and Washington State in a much more viable financial position to compete in sports. Because any way you slice it, if you want to you want to play in big games, which is what Scott Barnes, the athletic director at Oregon State, has said, and let's make sure that we all understand that, Scott Barnes has been very clear. They want to compete for the championships at the highest level in college sports. That is the college football playoff in the NCAA tournament. And I think the only way you do that is spend lots and lots and lots of money. And if you can save money on travel costs and infrastructure and the human toll, you're going to be better off because Washington State probably is not going to have the financial standing to compete at a high level. Washington State, I think of, of any of the Pac-12 members, Washington State, is probably the one with the most to lose. Oregon State is the one with the most to gain. And I think if Oregon State is able to hang on to Scott Barnes and Jonathan Smith, and you can keep your infrastructure together, there's this is a win-win situation for Oregon State. 
it is it is it is very short sighted for you know most of the naysayers and the 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 you know the death bell ringers that you know all oh, this conference is done and they're going to the Mountain West. They're, you have no idea what you're talking about if that is your if that is your go to because there's nothing that says Oregon State and Washington State are going to be classified as G5s until it happens. Now, does a merger with the Mountain West under the Pac-12 umbrella change that? I don't know, but we're going to find out. And I think the only way to assure yourself uh, that you are, you're doing everything you can do to compete at the highest level is to keep the Pac-12 brand alive. And I think you're very close to doing that with this court filing. I think you are very close to doing that with this court filing. So it's going to be very interesting to see how all this plays out. But we'll see, man. I, I yeah. I am excited for finality and closure for fans on this because Oregon State fans and Washington State fans, I think Washington State fans are just far more pragmatic. You know you have financial difficulties. You know you have a president that that is not well-heeled and well-liked and respected. I think you know you're going to struggle. I think Oregon State fans are just absolutely delusional. And yesterday on the show, you know, you saw four or five Oregon State fans you know, like just losing their minds over it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, you know, like, I just don't know wh- why you would be upset about it. there's Kyle Wilson right there. The trader 10. Well, they're not traders. Uh, why are they traders, Kyle? Oh, cause you wouldn't have gone to the big 10 if they had asked you to come. You wouldn't have gone to the big 12. Yeah, you would have. They're not. Oh. Tra- See, this is where you go too far. They're not traitors. They did exactly what you would have done. Maybe you wouldn't have been in that position if you hadn't had a list of things leading up to that. Could be. Could be. I mean, you only had 20 years to win a little more. James Oak State fan. Monty doesn't hate Ollie Gordon. Why would anybody think I hate Ollie Gordon? Oh, because I said he doesn't belong in the Heisman Trophy discussion. Oh, so I must hate Ollie Gordon. Um, he doesn't think he's Heisman ready. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, Mike Smith, they, they are in the driver's seat and they're, they're singing go speed racer. Go. Yeah. Let's hurry up and get this done. Seriously. Let's hurry up. Uh, Mike Smith, Monty hates America. Jake hates the world. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, salty drunk says the thirst for vindication and self-indulgent program. Well, I mean, as as you as if we don't if we don't say it, who's going to say it? Yeah, who's going to clap for us? Because nobody does. So yeah, you're damn right. We're going to say, hey, we we had this three months ago, and the one who always gets all the credit, Ross Dellinger, is reporting it now. Yeah, we're going to say that. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle Wilson says, Jake, how is text from GK not breaking news? Because it it's been out there. Like yeah. this is not new information. Yeah. It, 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 I think it's, it's exciting. It's in a court filing, but I mean, ha- have we not openly talked about these text messages before? Have we not open? Like if you read this document in, in all seriousness, read this document right here, Kyle, and tell me what you haven't heard on this show. Cause all of this was on the show, all of it. The letter also stated under section and constitution, Chancellor DiStefano CU's representation on the PAC-12 board of directors automatically ceases effective immediately. I believe we specifically told you that on the show. Yeah. I mean, specifically told you that. 
Uh, go up to example 24, just as it had done with USC and UCLA, the conference took immediate steps to confirm that CU's representation had automatically been removed from the board. I think that's almost a direct quote from us. Um, the, here's the, again, the filing about, hey, minutes before the meeting, uh, Oregon and Washington delivered a shocking announcement. We had that story for you. Right, uh, immediately to uh, finalize a deal with Apple and move the Pac-12 forward. Declaration from uh, President Murphy in support of plaintiff's motion for preliminary injunction. Oregon State and Washington State filed the injunction. Like, this is not breaking news. This is not unknown. It, it's wild, though, that George Klyavkov is actually helping the Pac-2. Because text messages now, I wonder how many people, how many people do you think understand that text messaging is lethal? <laughs> it, it Listen, if you're looking to unalive somebody, don't text message about it. Yeah, Trevor Bauer knows about text messages. Right? Save Trevor Bauer's ass, quite literally. If you're going to commit a, a crime, don't text about it. Don't email about it. Your electronic footprint is going to come back to get you. Look at this Michigan thing we're going to talk about in five minutes. More text messages today. Like you just can't, you just can't do it, man. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just think it is. It sets you up for failure. It's the trap. Kyle Wilson. And I'll continue to quote unquote report a large collection of Oregon state alums have stated they will boycott if we join or merge with a lesser conference. Okay, great. Report it. Like, I, I, I don't know so what wait, you let want me, us Let me to get say. this right. So you have one of the best athletic directors in the country. And if he says my best move is to join the Mountain West so we can have continued access to the NCAA tournament and the college football playoff, you're going to uh, boycott. That's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard then I don't want to ever say, I want you to change your beaver head. I don't like, don't ever come back. Don't, if you're going to boycott Scott Barnes, one of the best sports administrators, bar none. If he tells you that he wants to burn down research stadium because it's in the best interest of Oregon state, you should help him. You should go get him a lighter. Because the guy is an elite operator. And for you to make a ridiculous statement like boycott if we join or merge with a lesser conference, burn your shit right now. Like, don't even support Oregon State. This is one of the most embarrassing. This And, and I'm not even, think, I don't think I'm even being over the top. This is one of the most embarrassing comments we've ever had on the show. I, I think it's one of the worst, one of the, the most foolish what like you're never let's let's break some news for you Kyle you're never boycotting anything you, if you're a season ticket holder you're going to keep being a season ticket holder if you watch games you're so you're telling me if they go to the Mountain West you're never watching a game you yeah, yeah what are you doing what yesterday you were in here in all caps yelling and screaming making statements completely I love Oregon State, and most of the fans are great. Kyle, dude, you have got to find yourself because it's stuff like this, a large group. There's no large group. There's not. You are the group. Like, that's one of the worst things I have ever heard 
in the world. That's one of the, it's college sports. What are you going to do? You're going to all of a sudden put on some duck gear. <laughs> is that what you're, is that because you're not going to watch college football? Yeah, big Dan Lanning guy, huh? You're not going to watch college football. You're not going to watch it when they go to the college football playoff out of the Mountain West. Yeah, somehow I don't play. Like, that. do you guys understand that boycotting doesn't mean anything? By now, if you haven't figured it out, you don't mean anything to, to your Oregon States, to your Notre Dames. Do you think Notre Dame even knows I'm alive? They don't give two rats asses what the fan base thinks. Nobody cares. They're not, they're not making decisions for you based on you for your best interest. They don't care because you're going to keep buying popcorn. You're going to keep buying jerseys. You're going to keep watching them on TV. You're going to subscribe. You're going to buy. You're, you, there's no boycott. There's no boycott. Like, come on, man. And exactly. This isn't the end of Oregon State. So you coming in here and losing your mind? To, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't. It's this stuff that makes me crazy. It, it's this stuff that makes me crazy. And, hey, Kyle. Burn all your stuff then. You're no, I won't watch a college football team if my team gets relegated. Well, first, relegation relegated. Relegation is not is not in existence in North American sports. So I don't know how you would get relegated because last time I checked, Oregon State doesn't play in, in European football. So I mean, unless I'm wrong, I don't know if you have a, a if you guys feel the team in the <laughs> Premier League that I'm unaware of. I mean, it could happen, I guess. Um, but no, you're not you're not boycotting anything. You can talk tough, dude. Puff your chest out. If you're boycotting, why aren't you boycotting now? What are you waiting for? I mean, you were in here yesterday saying there's no positive outcome. Come on. Come on. Uh, Phil Benzer, Kyle, you have no class. Exactly right. Gumby fresh out. Notre Dame knows about Uncle Monty. Yeah, I, they don't. And I don't expect them to. They Notre don't. Dame, our mother. Uh, Ethan McIntyre, you'd be lucky to have Gloria at the helm. You would agreed. Holy cow! Thank you. You're gonna that. that... <laughs> uh, Stephen uh, says that's not true. Ask Bud Light and Target. You really think Bud Light and Target has not been boycotted in any way, shape, or form? And I got news for you: Bud Light just deal did a deal with the UFC. And Dana White essentially stuck his middle finger up and said he doesn't care what you think. Remember I said that part about, yeah, fans, we don't matter. Dana White is the best example of that. Yeah. Because he just did a $100 million deal with Bud Light. And you're going to buy the pay-per-views and you're going to watch the fights. This is fucking America. Like it, it's, and I don't, I, maybe this is just the offshoot, but do you really think as a fan that you can boycott anything? Do you really think that's a thing? Yeah, it's not a thing. And there's too many fans for your boycott to matter. And I think the funny part is, everybody's like, oh, Bud Light's losing shelf space. Sure. Did Bud Light take damage? They did. You know what the funny thing is? Nobody complained when the Kelsey brothers were on their podcast drinking oh. Bud Light. Traditional blue wrapped Bud Light cans. Not the end of the world, is it? Like, there, you, you, you're, you're, you don't matter. You you don't matter. 
we as fans, and I, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but you know, like it, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't matter, man. Like, and yeah. I wish it, I wish we had real, the funny thing about the, the, the stupid relegation comment, the only league in the, in the world where fans matter, that'd be the English premier league. Yeah. That'd be the English premier league. Like it's different over there. It's their life. It's all they have. It's all they have. That's right. It's absolutely everything they that have they have in the NFL. They don't have baseball. They don't have hockey. You yeah. know, like they don't have 101 sports to watch. You know, they're not worried about the Sunday ticket. <laughs> like they're worried about their club's schedule. Yeah, I wish it I wish it mattered. I I, I really wish I wish we had some recourse. I'm serious. I wish that as fans like, dude, I'm a fan of the Chicago Cubs, man. Like, I want to boycott. Yeah. I want to boycott. And I there's there's no boycotting. There, there, there is no boycotting. Like it is, it, it's unfortunate because if there was, I would. Yeah. I absolutely would. And I it's just it's really too bad because yeah. I there's nothing I can do. Yeah. There's nothing I can do. And and listen, I again. Again, for all all things holy, Notre Dame, our mother. Yeah, I would I would boycott because we lost to Ohio State because you can't count past ten. Notre Dame, our mother. No, I wouldn't boycott. Uh, but the Cubs, yeah, I would boycott the Cubs. Can't do it. Can't do it because we just we don't matter. We really don't. Uh, what's up, OG Gary says hello, boss. Oh, is Boss Frog here today? Jake, Boss Frog's here today. That's great, man. So good to see you. Um, let's see. Kelsey got all kinds of grief for selling out. Yeah. I never saw that grief. Funny thing is the paychecks are still flowing in and he's still taking three hours to get dressed after he taps Taylor Swift's ass. Mm -hmm. So somehow I don't think he's struggling at all. The CAC. The Todd father. I thought of those recently. Can you imagine if Bud Light was a UFC sponsor when they blew themselves up? Oh my God. But and we, I think we talked about this at the time the Bud Light thing happened. I could be wrong, mm -hmm. but did anybody think that Bud Light was just going away? Did I, you I think mean, I AB think there were people calling for it? But did you think that AB was? I mean, it was it was by all accounts a disaster for AB, yeah. right? And Heiser Bush. Yeah. Everybody got fired. Okay, great. But did you really think people were not going to drink Bud Light? Yeah, and and I think what's funny is it's so funny that UFC's involved with Bud Light, like. Everyone thought that Dana World's and uh, Dana White's world was going to end after he slapped his wife. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> still doing his thing and still drinking Bud Light in the UFC, which I think is is amazing. Phil Benzer, I tried to boycott my wife. That didn't work. I'm worried my wife's going to boycott me. Uh, Jason, what's better, being in the Pac-12 but never winning anything, or not having a better chance at the expanded playoff? The the funny thing is. And, and this is going to come off as me being a jerk and I'm not trying to be mm -hmm. like, what ground does Oregon state and Washington have to state have to be on a high horse at all? They don't. You don't, you haven't won enough. You haven't won anything. What, what is Oregon state and Washington state won in recent memory in the big two? The That's reality is that Oregon state and Washington state, a lot of years are, you know, 4A G5 teams. Let's be honest. They have more funding. They have better facilities. Yeah. So that makes them a P5. But when it, when you're talking about a football team, yeah, there's a lot of years where, you know, you would be 
top top team in the Mountain West, you know, like or any group of five conference. There just is. And I don't even think that's throwing shade. Like there are some years where you excel and you're 10, 11 wins and and then, you know, you get your ass beat in whatever bowl you go to. Uh, and then there are other years where you're like a five win team and nobody talks about you anyway. So that's what I'm saying. Like uh, saying you're going to boycott your program and like you, you just, it tells me how out of touch you are with what's actually happening. And, and as fans, that's what we don't want to talk about. Oh, I'm going to boycott. Okay. Well, do you know what you're really saying with that? Do you understand that you actually would have a better chance to get to the playoff and be relevant and do all the things you want to do? in the Mountain West rather than the Pac-12 because the competition is going to be a little lower and you can win the conference every year and, you know, you can take the Big Ten route, if you will, like, but nobody wants to talk about that. And so that's why I don't understand, like, why are you sitting here talking about boycotts? You should be sitting here talking about winning a court case and getting a merger done so you can move forward. I I, I don't understand why why it's some world-ending thing for you. Yep, I agree. What's up, Greg Hawkins? Good to see you. Boyd Lake, the SEO King of America. Uh, Josh Harrison, you guys are downplaying the Oregon state dilemma. The athletic department knows many fans will quit supporting the team. If they are playing mountain West teams every week, they won't. What, um, what makes you think that what makes you think that a eight, no Oregon state team who's let's call it 10th in the country, let's say in an expanded college football playoff environment. Hey, you're 11th in the country. Or hell, you're 14th in the country. You're right on that line of getting in. You really think that Oregon State fans aren't going to be like, all right, we're a victim. We got relegated. Let's go support the club at least. The least we can do is go out and support these guys who got victimized by the 10 people or the 10 institutions that left. You you really tell me that people are going to leave? You're not going to leave. You're not. You're not. You're not. What are you going to leave in what? You're going to turn on, like you said, Oregon, or you're going to turn on some other California team, let's say, or, you know, a, another team in the P&W. Come on, dude. You, you just can't. They, come on. Yeah, come on. Come on now. Uh, Delaric, my my boycott uh, is for Maverick uh, till they trade Luke, the Mavericks till they trade Luca. Hey, burn it. Burn it, man. Uh, salty drunk. Uh, did you slip in an extra buck shot, Monty? You're fired up, dude. I hate the I hate the fan who's like, oh, I'm gonna boycott. I'm burning my jersey. Okay, go ahead. What are you, a LeBron hater? <laughs> go for it. <laughs> How stupid did oh, I'm out. Miami Heat are losing. I'm out. All the Heat fans leaving or burning LeBron's jersey, or you're an idiot. You're 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 gonna buy another one. You're you're Again, I go back to Bud Light. Look at all the people who look at Bud Light sales. Yeah, did they tank? Absolutely. Did Took they a lose? Did they lose billions? Yes. yes. But look, their sales are. Oh, I, because we all know that we all want that product. Because we're humans and we're weak. <laughs> we can't stay away. We can't stay away. Don't tell me. Come like, on, man. Don't tell me you're not going to flip on the tube every week to watch the Beavers, dude. Don't tell me you're not going to do that. And don't tell me. You're not going to be more energized in the day-to-day damn well knowing that your path to the college football playoff is easier. Don't don't tell me that, dude. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. All right. Speaking of bucked up, let's get you uh, bucked up. The official energy drink of the Monty Show. And this one right here, friends. We only have five days left in the month. Well, technically six. But um, we need a big push on free samples of bucked up uh, buckshot. 
Um, we're just like 50 away from breaking a record. So go get it right now. Buckedup.com. Um, you just search Buckshot. Use the promo code Monty to get 20% off a checkout. Or in the description below, there's a link for free samples. Uh, they'll send six free Buckshots right to your front door. And trust me when I say it'll change your life. So cheers to you, friends. Played absolutely mediocre golf today because they did not have a buck shot this morning. Uh, and then, you know, I absolutely uh, lost my mind today right leading up to the show because we had all kinds of technical difficulties. This is a code 10 abort. So it takes me 90 minutes to write the show and like set up the show. Had it all written out, ready to go, and the system crashed. So I, um, so I just um, relax, take um, a little bucky. Feel better about it. And the thing I love about Buckshot is we were looking at five-hour energy today. And do you guys realize the garbage that is in the other competitors to Buckshot? You know. Because that's really what this is. If you look at five-hour energy or any other energy supplement you use, that's what Buckshot is. 200 milligrams of naturally sourced caffeine. That's a big difference. It's not synthetic. It's not. It's 200 milligrams of naturally sourced caffeine with a bunch of uh, nootropics, which... Go right to your brain. It's brain food. Makes you think more clearly, much more efficient, much better at getting those tasks done. And that is if you have an Excel spreadsheet, a meeting, you have a long drive home. Hey, maybe you just need mental focus so you can get through dinner and get the kids in bed. Whatever it is you need, Buckshot's going to give you that mental edge you've been looking for so that you can have your best day every single day at buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monte to get 20% off. But right now, Go get it, guys, through the end of the month. Uh, free samples for your, um, I don't know, drinking pleasure? Yeah. For your energizing pleasure? Yeah, for your, uh, you know, take a buck shot when you're putting together your plan to boycott your team. Yeah. How about that? Take a buck shot so that you can clearly go through your entire wardrobe and burn everything from your team because they got relegated. That's pretty much self-explanatory. You know. And listen, man, I really hope that I want to see Kyle and everybody, every other fan who's like, oh, hey, I am boycotting Oregon State. I want to see everything on fire. I want to see everything in the garbage. I want to see you throw it into a wood chipper. I, d don't hold back. And please, please don't do it while drinking Bud Light. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Public service announcement. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but do make sure you videotape it. We'll play it on the show. We will play it on the show. And we want to see it when you when you get relegated. Make sure that you and all four of your friends are out there like torching Ew. all your your beavers. Okay, like yeah, that not, came out wrong. Yeah, PETA doesn't approve of this message. Not like your regular beef, like your right, you know, right. being a beef, right? The beef and stuff and stuff. Uh, Douglas uh, McMartin gives us five dollars. Thank you, Douglas. Appreciate you. The Todd Father, our newest member. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Todd. Father, appreciate you. Harry Austin, gifted five memberships. Let's go, Harry Austin, appreciate you. Uh, in San Antonio, Victor Wambanyama makes his debut tonight in the NBA. That's a big in. So we got Victor's a lot. The way. Victor's the way. And Big Daddy Magic is just DMing me videos of himself laying in bed talking about Victor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for your DMs. 
please don't ever DM me of you laying down in bed again. It's that awkward. was that was incredibly awkward. And <laughs> frankly, it's just not something I need to see. Here you know, I am. you know what I'm saying? So relax. Uh boss frog, ain't that the truth, Boyd? What did Boyd say? Boyd Lake, uh, great year for Modelo. Oh, well, Modelo is amazing. Yeah, Modelo's Modelo's cooking. Come on, Modelo's awesome. Tanner T. Uh, what's up, Tanner T. Man, Monty, you trying to take Pat's throne at having the pack two mad at you? I guess. People just don't want to be honest, bro. Like, I like what have we really even said today that should piss off Beaver fan outside of the fact that you're not boycotting anything, dude. And and again. At some point, you need to come around to the idea you're not getting relegated. At some point, you need to come to around to the idea that you were never winning the Pac-12, that you never were in the conversation. Yeah. Oregon State was a bona fide season ruiner in the Pac-12, and they did a Hundo damn good P. job of that. Hundo P. But if you ever want to get to anything important, you need to go to uh, uh, the Mountain West, hopefully keep your P5 designation, and hopefully keep your AQ. And then if you're uh, um, Oregon State, if you're able to keep the AQ with a rebranded Pac-12, get into the playoff every year. Otherwise, you'll get an at-large bid. Don't talk to me about boycotting. Talk to me about supporting your club. That's what I'm saying. Uh, OG Gary, Waffle House, dude. Waffle House? I'm just telling you, Waffle House is massively underrated. When I lived in St. Louis, the St. Louis Post, make sure you pause. Dispatch was a mediocre newspaper then too. But my point is, um, when I lived in St. Louis, Waffle House was amazing. Two in the morning after Cardinal games, you go and get those cinnamon waffle. Oh my God. The the amount of body fat that I packed on living in St. Louis at Waffle House, I mean, second, second to none, you know. Uh, M pit 765 go OSU beef beat Oregon. Always the duck suck quack soup. Okay. Okay. We're here for it. We're here for it. Mike Smith, half of the people boycotting Bud Light were buying Bush and Modelo. <laughs> Do people still drink Bush beer? I mean, Kevin Harvick does, but, uh, Kevin, the destroyer. I found Yingling after all this Yingling's where it's at, dude. That's a good PA brand. Uh, how about them? AF Flyboys air force still doing the deal, right? Air Force is still doing the deal. Can they can they shock the world? Lance Johnson isn't Wazoo the Pac-2 champion this year, or is there a rematch championship game? What are you talking about? What do you mean the Pac-2 championship? You understand that all those schools are still in the Pac-12, right? Yeah, Lance, are you just pot stirring today, or let me know now. It's fine. Uh, Josh Harrison, if the Mountain West is so cool, why did BYU leave it voluntarily? Nobody said it's your first choice. Like, are we, are we really, is today the day when you get a, a, what looks like another round of victory in court is today the day we're going to be red asses over, <coughs> over Oregon state and their opportunity to be, to be really good is like, I don't understand what we're doing. Yeah. And I, I truly don't understand why we are, uh, I, it's comments like this. I don't understand. Did anybody ever say the Mountain West is your first choice? Nope. But it's your only choice at the moment. So Unless I, I, you'd like to go independent. Yeah. Like BYU did. Uh, Boss Frog says, Chris, frogs need to apologize to America after that debacle. It's been a disappointing year in, in at TCU. Phil Benzer, San Diego State has been laughing stock school uh, of this year. Nothing has gone right. Nothing. 
nothing. Mike Smith, maybe he does not want to move forward with the Mountain West. Maybe he wants to moonwalk into the Big 12. Yeah, hey. You know, and listen, I, I don't. Yeah, is that what we're pissed off about, that you didn't get into the Big 12? Is that, I mean, if that's if that's what you're upset about, then just say that. What? Why can we not just focus on moving forward? If you're Oregon State, it is very clear, very clear that your best option is to somehow, some way, find a relationship with the Mountain West. And I think it's very clear your best option is to keep the Pac-12 brand alive, force your hand, because you do have a seat at the table, force your hand in the college football playoff and see what happens. Hopefully you don't roll snake eyes. But are we really seriously going to sit here and just drift backwards into, oh, I can't believe this. I am, oh, it's a, come on, come on. Like, I don't, I, I don't know why we as sports fans, and fan is short for fanatic, totally get it. But why can we not have some common sense? I, I, it's always baffled me. Yeah. Why can we not have common sense that if Oregon State and Washington State wind up merging with the Mountain West in a, in a reimagined Pac-12, you just won the lottery. Why, why is that so difficult to understand? Because it's perspective. They don't want to understand it. They want to be victims, and they want to live in the negativity cycle. Yeah. So, Douglas McMartin, if uh, the Oregon State fan refuses to support their school, if they go into the Mountain West, then they were never real fans in the first place. Agreed. That's what Fast. I'm saying. Um, in the DABDA stage, Oregon State fans have forgotten or haven't gotten past the first A. I have no idea what that means. Okay, let's pull out the old Google machine. Dabda. D-A-B-D-A. Define. UFC should have went with Boulevard Brewing, a Missouri Brewing. Okay. Dabda is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. I would agree you haven't gotten past the It is a five-stage, you know, grieving process. Okay. Okay. Um... Chris, I, I don't think Boulevard Brewing could have handed them a check for $100 million. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, Gumby Fresh Out. Moonwalk, I can barely do an earth walk. <coughs> I can barely do an earth swing the club. Apparently, BYU's going to the moon now that they have a Tesla deal. Well, you know. You know. Northeast Ohio State fans. So, eight no Oregon State at home against eight no Boise State wouldn't sell out, really? That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> don't tell me you're not going to go to an undefeated Oregon State at Reeser, dude. Don't tell me you're not all over that thing. But why are you not supporting your team? In the time when they need it most. You're supposed to be a fan. You had one job. Be positive, and you can't do that. Can't do the Oregon State fans refuse. Uh, That's Bill, not what we're about. Yeah, Bill G gifted five oh, memberships okay. on the show. Let's go, Bill. Appreciate you. Um, let's see. Northeast Ohio State was a fan, a member for two months, by the way. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Eight of ten conferences can have an unbeaten school. I would agree. Matt Ritson, did Calford make right move ACC low cost? They did not. No. And another thing we've talked about on the show, I think it's been, it will be proven out over time, in my opinion. It'll be proven out over time that 
Calford made the exact wrong decision. Yeah, and you know what's worse is that I don't believe that Stanford football fans give a damn. I, I think they have fans, but I think it's a small fan base that's just like, yeah, well, how do we win this week? Well, I don't know. I was too busy doing my, you know, economics 18,000 class paper to to pay attention. That's what Stanford's problem is. And as far as Cal is concerned, you're in the same spot. I don't know why you decided to renovate your football stadium when you did, but you did. And it's currently piping you repeatedly. Yeah. And And I don't know, again, that's what I'm saying. I look around at these other schools who are in the, what I would call victim category. I maintain Oregon State is in the best place any of these institutions moving forward. That's what I'm saying. I just that as I as I've said, because I want to be done with this topic today. I get burned out on the negativity of of Oregon State and Washington State fans. You know, like it, it, I just get burned out on it. Uh, Cougar tracks. Don't the batteries for the Tesla come from China? Different show, bro. Yeah, different show, dog. <laughs> Different show, man. They don't. There's gigafactories that make those batteries. Uh, Mike Smith, most things come from China. Okay, different show, man. Uh, Jason, Calford Athletic Department will suffer. Smart kids not going to do all the traveling for softball and lacrosse. It's going to be tough. Um, Gumby says China. Different show, bro. Different show. The, <laughs> the Monty Show, our number two, presented by our good friends at Sound Sleep Medical soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty. You guys, I, I just have loved the feedback from all of our viewers and listeners on the podcast about what a difference thinking through and talking about snoring openly in their relationships have made. I had no idea this was such a thing um, that husbands and wives, I guess routinely sleep in different rooms and I'm shocked that more women, I have heard from more guys that their wives snore so loudly so they sleep in a different room. Um, it's it's amazing to me that this is a real thing in, in homes. And I think one of the things that is so, just so crazy is that you don't have to deal with it, you guys. Sound Sleep Medical um, has a very precise process where they build you a mouth guard and it doesn't involve a CPAP machine. It doesn't involve going into a laboratory and having a bunch of stuff strapped to your head. And it's not like that. It's super easy. You go to soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty and sign up for their free at-home sleep study. What that means is they put a ring on your finger and a monitor on your chest and you sleep with that. And it, it tells them, Hey, this guy snores, this lady has sleep apnea, whatever it might be. And then what they can do for you is they build you a custom mouthpiece that moves your lower jaw forward, which can solve a lot of those problems without a CPAP machine. Treat snoring and sleep apnea with no masks and no tubes. Just better, healthier sleep with Sound Sleep Medical. Use code MONTY, M-O-N-T-Y. Oh, bro. Treat snoring and sleep apnea with no masks and no tubes. Just better, healthier sleep with Sound Sleep Medical. Use code MONTY, M-O-N-T-Y, to schedule a free sleep assessment today. I'm a terrible person. Sound Sleep Medical. 
Monty.com slash Monty. You guys, I love that it's a mouthpiece. I love that it's not invasive. And, and as somebody that has that has talked to so many people about snoring, you guys, go get it. Go, don't be, don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. Like the people at Sound Sleep Medical have dealt with this on so many levels. They're not going to judge you. You're not going to be embarrassed. You don't have to go sleep in somebody's office. You get to sleep at home. And you get to sleep with your wife, build your relationship, get a better quality of sleep. Think about how tired you are. If you're somebody that wakes up in the middle of the night constantly from snoring or you're gasping for breath, dude, that can kill you. Get to soundsleepmedical.com. They're going to take care of you. And the reason they're on the show is because they are presenting our Las Vegas Raiders drive away presented by Sound Sleep Medical. We're giving you two tickets to see the Raiders and the Vikings. I am so stoked. This is the best prize I think we have ever given away is this one right here. We are sending you for two nights to Las Vegas. You get two nights in the hotel. You get a meal for two at Mastro's Ocean Club at City Center. We're going to put you in the treehouse, and you get two tickets to see the Raiders and the Vikings. It's amazing. It's December 9th and 10th in Las Vegas. We're giving you a $200 Visa gift card to go along with it to get you there. All you have to do, if you are a member of the show, so if you are somebody that's subscribed to the channel, obviously, but if you're a member of the show, for $1.99, you get 10 to 1 entries when you sign up for the sleep study at soundsleepmedical.com uh, slash Monty. Go there, sign up for the sleep study. That gets you 10 to 1. If you are a member of our uh, members-only content, which gets you into our members-only Instagram group, um, that gets you 25 entries for every one when you go and sign up for Sound Sleep Medical's free sleep study at soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty. You guys, hook it up, sleep better. Exactly right, Jim Choi. Viva Las Vegas. Let's go. I'm excited. Hawkeye fan in Indy says, super marriage tip, buy the most comfortable couch. Really? Nah, dude, super marriage tip is uh, go to Sound Sleep Medical, get entered to win. Send us a screenshot that you scheduled your appointment and get it done. It's that I'm easy. Uh, Derek Roche, I think the sound sleep thing would work for me. So many people have said that. And yeah. then you once you get the information, and the best part is your medical insurance will pay for it. It, it changes your life because you sleep better. You sleep better. And all this mouth guard does, they custom make it to fit your mouth. It moves your lower jaw forward so that you your airway is clear and you breathe better, you sleep better. Wait till that first night where you sleep and you have restful sleep. Oh, man, it'll change your life at soundsleepmedical.com. Boss Frog for $5. Hi, Jake, you look like you've been ready to punch someone in the face the entire show. Here's $5. Go buy yourself a Coke and a smile. It was a stressful two hours. I'm not going to lie. Should never have gotten out of bed today. Yeah. Not that you guys care about this. Played horrendous golf this morning in like gale force winds because today pretty much is the last good weather day in the history of the state of Utah. Yeah. So we had to go and get some golf in. Did not end well. Um, Appreciate and, you, bro. And then, then we showed up today, like did all the work to build the show, like all the stuff that we do, video, you know, still shots, wrote the show, and it all crashed. You're so fucked. And 30 minutes before the show, we were at ground zero starting all over. <laughs> it was it was a little stressful. Yeah. It was a little stressful. So you're probably right. I was a little teed up. I was a little teed up too. 
Uh, Jim Choi, uh, how do you know if you're snoring? I don't believe what my wife and kids tell me. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, Aluma Dursky. What's up, dude? The wifey is mad when I snore. Oh, no. Don't kick me out of the room with the largest TV. You don't have to deal with that, man. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you guys. Go and do this. Trust me. I think it's, I think so many people are embarrassed by snoring. And man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you can change your life. Uh, it, it will absolutely change you. Uh, and he says, breaking news, Michigan was audited by a private firm and found enhanced evidence of sign stealing and financial irregularities with certain documents which led to the NCAA finding out about the violation. So there is a big update in the Michigan scandal today. And this is, this is wild. So before I get into this, you guys, do you believe for a second that Jim Harbaugh survives this? Do you guys believe that Jim Harbaugh can, can he coach past this? Can he, can he somehow just claim naivete that he didn't know ignorance can can do you believe for a second that there is any way shape or form that jim harbaugh makes it through this yeah i mean i i think the problem is just like we've seen before in many different cases like as a head coach you're not afforded that luxury of pleading ignorance because it's like oh you didn't know well you should have known oh you did know you're an awful person Right. I mean, that that's the unwinnable situation that we inevitably see play out over and over again in college athletics. And I think that that Jim Harbaugh, the problem also for Jim that I don't see a ton of people talking about is that Jim has fought the NCAA every step of the way himself personally. Now, Michigan on this is cooperating as an institution, giving the NCAA whatever it asks. So that's cool. But Jim himself is going to fight you. And and I think that when you're a head coach. And you've got pictures all over a place of this guy standing next to you on the sideline, and you combine those pictures with with you know the evidence they have in both in text message and on video, uh, not even just from Michigan, but from the other um, member uh, institutions in the conference. Like, I don't know how Jim would survive, and frankly, I don't know that Jim would want to survive. I don't know that he's. I don't he, think so. You know, I don't know that he's so married to to dealing with this when let's be honest, you've got enough money to go home and sit on the couch for the rest of your life. Right now, guys like Jim and others who coach at that level are not that type of personality. And I totally respect that, but that's the reality of the situation. Jim could go open up a coaching clinic and, and be fine. You know, like he'd be more than fine. So I'm just sitting here saying, I don't feel like Jim is incentivized to fight and tooth and claws way through this thing. Now, what I will say is it is a possibility that Jim's pride and his his you know thoughts and beliefs are what's going to fuel him to try to survive. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you know because again he's been brazen through this whole thing with how they've acted and the fact that this cat's on your staff and you know th that you would be okay with that is wild to me. But you can't tell me Jim didn't know. So if Jim did that, thinking ah oh, well they well you know what are they going to be able to prove? I mean you know they're not going to actually catch us even if someone saw him doing it. They're not going to be able to prove and get me fired. So maybe that's what motivates him to stay. But I just don't, I can't see a way where he, A, survives this, but B, gets out of this thing with full innocence. I, I can't believe that that happened. No, I don't think so. And one of the more interesting 
things today is look at this this message board. This is a Tennessee message board. Do you guys notice the date on that? That'd be December 1st, 2022. Um, Read that. One of my little brother's friends is a, quote, scout for them, Michigan. They paid him to travel to UT Vandy to try and steal our signs. He's from Nashville originally, so he just went anyway after our loss since it was Thanksgiving. Said he and the others never are allowed to talk about it. Hmm. Interesting. So message boards knew about this um, in December. Yet then look at January 17th of this year. No clue if uh, related, but I posted on here a couple of months ago about a mutual friend of mine that was working for Michigan, going to other schools' games, stealing plays. They'd pay his flights, lodging, food, and seats right behind the team's bench for him to get video. Michigan is pulling out all the stops, it seems. Like this is, again, you guys, this is an open secret Yeah. now. And we also know um, that, yeah, uh, Stallions, if you look at this, um, stole opponent signals during the week watching TV copies, then flew to the game and stood next to Michigan offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis and told him what coverage and pressure he was about to face. Huh. Stallions wrote in text messages. Now, remember, good old Uncle Monty warned you. <laughs> text messages are not the way, friends. Right. I think it's pretty rare to find the right type of people who can grasp a vision of the future and want to team up and run shit. And we all got our own stuff going on, but we all got some pretty unique approaches. Basically, the way I see it, there's a future Ohio State head coach and staff out there somewhere preparing for it, whether they know it or not. And we have a group of a half dozen actively planning stuff uh, 15 or so years out and another dozen or two on board. So by the time it's ready to rock and roll, we're all on the same page and we quickly make Michigan the ultimate standard. Schemers trying to control their little worlds. Bro. So uh, Mr. Stallions, who is the suspended uh, University of Michigan staffer, had a long-term plan to become the head coach at Michigan. And the thing that's remarkable is he's told people in text messages, I've grown up my entire life with a vision to coach football at Michigan. And you look at his text messages and you look at his manifesto. How is Michigan going to get away from this guy? Because he told friends, he told family members openly. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to this game to do this. Like hey guys. going to Tennessee Vandy because Tennessee, remember, before Hooker got hurt and they were a national championship contender, Michigan might have seen them. And they, they go to the game. Mm. And he went to the, how about how about Kirby Smart? Talking about the fact that, yeah, you know, um, they scouted us. He was supposedly at our game. Yeah, right? I, I like, mean, I think there's been, you know, Kirby, uh, Matt Rule, Prime. Like, there's been a bunch of dudes 
who have come out and talked about the fact that, yeah, I mean, sign stealing on the, on the field, like during the game against your opponents legal, but sending guys out and stuff like that uh, is illegal and we won't stand for it. And all these guys, what's really funny is all I keep hearing about is, Hey, why don't we have mics and helmets? Why don't why don't we have technology? I, I don't mean, know. I mean, I, 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 whether it's, you know, Nick Saban or Matt rule or prime or who the hell ever they all want helmet technology like the NFL. And my only question is why do we not do this already? The college football system is the minor leagues of the NFL, and we all know it. Why are we not just matching? Why why complicate it? I think the other part of this is two things. You're going to hear from Jim Harbaugh in about five minutes on this. But listen to Nick Saban talking about stealing signs. Yeah, well, first of all, I didn't know anything about anybody coming to the SEC championship game or whatever. And, you know, I don't have a lot of um, – information or background on you know all this time ceiling stuff i'm kind of focused on our team but you know i know back in the old days when i was in the nfl you know there was a time when you know you could send out scouts and um you know scout a game personnel and that type of thing i don't think it was geared towards sign stealing but that was allowed they changed that rule um i think some time back and we've never had that in college for a long long time so I think you're probably aware of that. I do think the helmet communicator is probably a real positive thing for the game. Um, everybody's, you know, you can't steal signs and do any of this stuff if you have a helmet communicator. And I think it's, um, you know, I think it would be a good thing. Thank you, coach. Thank you. Nick Saban not pulling any punches about it. And and it's, that's why I, I just ask, why haven't we done this yet? And you hear all these coaches talking about how it's just too complicated. And what they're saying is they don't trust their their quarterback or their linebacker's ability to process the information coming into their ears. And they don't, I think they don't want to handle it. Well, and I think a lot of people want, there's a sort of, you know, I, I don't know who want to call it a brand or vanity, certain vanity with college football being sort of old world. Hey, this is college football, man. We're we're not using helmet technology. We're not using all this stuff. It's it's we're signaling in the play from the sideline, and that's how we've always done it. Why are we going to change it? You know that that sort of thought process and perspective is is uh, alive and well in college football. Now, of course, those most successful head coaches like Sabinator or Kirby or whoever, you know, Prime certainly. Uh, you know, they, they understand cause they're modern day guys. They understand, Hey, well, why don't we just, why don't we just do this and make it easier? And this all goes away. But, but I'm telling you, there is a sector of college football that very much wants it to stay old world. And Hey, this is college football. This is not the pros. Like we're doing it a certain way. And, and I, I, whatever ends up happening, I just think that the NCAA has to make sure the integrity of the game stays at the highest level because once integrity of the game issues happen, now you're talking about everything from ethics to your gambling partners to all this stuff. And that's what I think you can't have. Yeah. And interesting comments from Bob Stoops today on his radio show about this theory that somehow all oh, everybody's doing it. This is nothing new. Jim Harbaugh's just doing what everybody else is doing. Not according to Bob Stoops who said, if it's true, 
Oh, absolutely. It's a big deal. That's ridiculous. Stoops said, uh, everyone's saying, Oh, it happens all the time. No, it doesn't. I've never heard of that in all of my years of football and every team I've ever been on. Sure. Do we look across the field? And if you can see it, that's your job to do. You know what I'm saying? If I'm able to just in my plain eye, look over there and know what they're doing. I should be doing it. Yeah. And that's again, exactly no one's right. Disputing that. No one's saying, oh, sign stealing is illegal. What we're saying is you can't fund dude's travel and his lodging and his desires to eat steak dinners every night and have him on the road filming other sidelines and then coming back and using a whole staff of people to break down that film and build a game plan. I'm telling you now that there are financial records to this and it will be the smoking gun Yeah, because no money goes out without Jim Harbaugh knowing about it. Now, interestingly, over the weekend, uh, Jim Harbaugh, I think, tried to play this off as just we're really good and so people are coming after us. I got to tell you, I completely disagree with what he said here. Jim, do you feel like your program has a target on its back, both because of the success on the field and also some things off the field? Uh, yeah, I think success, I mean, does that. There's people that don't like to see people be successful, you know. Um, and there's a target, yeah, that's, I think, I mean, everybody's pointed that out uh, from the beginning of the season. Um, but our guys are, uh, you know, they're just very focused. Um, you know, and just go about their business, you know. Wake up, take care of business today, and then uh, and we still got to get back, uh, get the guys back to Ann Arbor and, and then wake up tomorrow and take care of business again. I, I mean, like, do you really think this is just because Michigan's good? No. Because you're not good enough. That's the problem. That's what nobody seems to want to say. That's yeah. the biggest issue. Do you run out undefeated records until the playoff? Yeah. But we're not – Jim Harbaugh didn't go to Michigan to have uh, – to, to win the Big Ten. That's not what we're playing for. You're playing for natties. And he hasn't yeah. done that at all. Yeah, I find it remarkable that it's just so over the top, unfathomable that anybody could think that Jim Harbaugh is, you know, actually cheating. And in my opinion, I don't see how he's not. I mean, all the evidence lines up. This kid did not do this on his own. Is is this Stallions kid somebody that wanted to be part of the Michigan football ecosystem? Absolutely. He wrote a manifesto about it. He wrote, or what they're calling a manifesto. He wrote basically a novel espousing about his love of Michigan football and here's how he was going to make them a national power. I, I think it is beyond naive if you believe that Jim Harbaugh had no knowledge of what Stallions was doing. He absolutely had to. And I've heard all of the rumors and, and all of the, the Harbaugh supporters saying, well, Jim Harbaugh never had any idea and you can't blame him for what his staff is doing. Uh, that's completely wrong. You absolutely blame the head coach because the head coach gets all the credit for everything. So when you get caught cheating, the head coach gets credit for that. When, yes. when, there, are, when there are big wins and you win national championships, the head coach gets credit for that. Nothing, and I mean nothing, goes on inside of a major football program at any college in this country that the head coach doesn't know about. Yeah. It, it is completely naive to believe that this kid bought tickets to 30 games in 12 Big Ten stadiums and had tickets 
either on both sides of the field or on one side of the field filming the sideline. And there is evidence from video evidence from 12 Big Ten stadiums showing that. You, you Come on now. The video from the Ohio State game last year where C.J. Stroud looks at the sideline and the play is signaled in, in the Michigan sideline, all the players and staffers immediately react and say, this is a pass, and they re-signal the defense. Everybody knew what was going on. Jim Harbaugh knew it. His assistants knew it. The players knew it. The other team. I I mean, (laughs) it's completely naive to believe that Jim Harbaugh somehow is innocent in this whole thing. Yeah, and I I totally agree with your point. It's us when we win, and it's me when we lose. That's your life as a head coach. That's your life as a starting quarterback, right? I mean, that's the responsibility you have in a leadership role. And I think that that people people want to be like, oh, well, dude, the kids are just victims here. This is Jim's plot. Well, that might be true that, hey, the kids aren't running the team, but the kids damn well knew what was going on. And if you think that if you think that a kid wouldn't try to get an advantage to up his draft stock or, oh, or to do whatever he could to get the bag, you're crazy. And you know what? I don't blame the kid. I don't blame the kid at all. If I'm the middle linebacker or if I'm the cornerback or, hell, even an edge rusher at Michigan, I'm not complaining because what is it if you're a player? It's no risk as a player, and you were just following along. You were just following orders. And that's why I say there's no way Jim didn't know about this. There's no way that Jim is going to sit here and plead ignorance. The only question is how long is the NCAA going to take to to gut Michigan this season. How long until we get, hey, yeah, you're not playoff eligible. You're not like w- w- the whole gauntlet. Because ultimately, and I think it's the best point of this whole thing, the NCAA and the Big Ten uh, cannot allow the integrity on the field to be questioned. And you're talking about a team that's got college football playoff aspirations, and pretty much everyone agrees this was going on. And the other thing I would would note before we get to your comments, the other thing I would note on this every day, we've got new details. Yeah. So the ball's rolling. People want this out. People want the information to come out. Yeah. People want to damage Michigan. People want to damage Jim Harbaugh because the flagrant F you that this is to his opponents. And the fact that Jim Harbaugh is already not liked by most of his opponents and by most of his coaching fraternity friends, if we call them that, constituents, peers, he's not well-liked. And so when you're kicking people's ass, and our sources told us that one of the things that people hate the most about this is that he was doing it knowingly every play to lesser opponents. Yeah. That he did not need to to steal their signals and beat them on every single play. And the other thing that I think people forget, this wasn't just offense. It was defense and offense. They knew what the other defense was going to do. Yeah. They knew the defensive signals. It's a defense. They, they knew the offensive signals. And that's been my my other thing here. Dude, if you had their signals both way, first of all, great job. I mean, it's not, I think everyone's discounting how easy it is to decipher signals, even if you're at the game watching it. It's not easy. It is labor intensive. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy's putting in tons of hours a week trying to figure this out. And he was really good at it. But what I just don't understand is that exactly. Why why are you going to run it up on teams when you know that you've got a dirty secret? What, like, why are you going to do that? 
And it the only logical reason is because Jim Harbaugh said, hey, this is awesome. We're not going to get caught doing this. And even if they were to catch on to it, there's no way they're going to have enough evidence. That's the only way you can explain it away, man. Yeah. And and and, and I just don't I, – I, I, anybody who knows anything about cheating understands that the result you're putting out on the field, if it's that egregious and you're just kicking the hell out of every team, even the ones that are bad, like you're going to draw attention to yourself. And that's what I think got them caught. You, you're just beating people. I, I'm curious how long until we get the financials on it. How long until we find out that Michigan, in fact, reimbursed all of his road expenses? And I'm curious how far up the food chain it goes. Because I'm not ruling out that, you know, someone, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say the athletic director knew about this. But you really tell me that nobody that runs Michigan knew about this? You're going to tell me that that people who hang out around the program as Michigan, you know, leaders, if you will, don't know anything about this. So yeah. the question is, what does how far up the food chain does the proof and the evidence link people to this? I that's going to be very interesting. And Donut says, Jim the victim, how rich, right? Yeah, seriously, Katie Raider, what's up, Katie? Damn, that's some Coke bottle glasses. He ain't scouting. Well, nope. Jim does wear glasses. Uh, Lance Johnson, are the tax records on the expense reimbursements? Is this possibly criminal? We'll find out. I, I don't think it would be criminal. I mean, it's an NCAA violation. Um, but you know, I, I mean, if you wanted to go that far, we're, we're, well, I don't know what crime you've broken. I mean, well, it would be a violation of the tax code. If it, if you were paid under the table for it or, did you directly re you know expense this and reimburse it? Did he put in an expense report? Was there an, a reimbursement deposited into his account? Like mm -hmm. you just got to know. Uh, Mike Smith bubbles glasses. My cousin Vinny was in the press pool and asked how many levels of thickness Jim glasses have been through. Let's be nice. <laughs> um, Stallions made like fifty k a year. He ain't affording those tickets. Fifty five a year was his official was his officially listed salary. Yeah. Um, so let's see, uh, Gabriel. So we have another cheating Astros situation. I think this is far worse than Agreed. the Astros. Yeah. I think this is everything the Astros did was in game, meaning, okay, you use cameras in the stadium to steal signs and you, you relay those signs. Yeah. You cracked yeah. a code in game. And then you banged on garbage cans and dug out roofs to signal that without being with being as low key as possible you had a camp and if you guys don't remember the astros had a whole setup where they had a camera in center field a tv in the tunnel with a garbage can and what they did is they had that camera fixed on the catcher and they stole the signs they essentially shot a lens into that guy's crutch and deciphered what the signs were and then once they figured out what the signs were, they started banging on garbage cans and allegedly they used vibrating indicators. Um, like Jose Altuve allegedly had a uh, an indicator on his chest so that when a fastball was coming, it would buzz his chest. And if it was a breaking ball, there would be no buzz. And that's in-game. They, they were still in terrible. The, bad but they're there yeah 
What this cat did was he bought tickets in other stadiums and sent other people to to videotape sidelines. And then he just grinded out the video, which he talked about in text messages. He just grinded out the video. And why did he do that? And this is the this is the important part. It's, it speaks to his character. All he's interested in is in 15 years being the head coach of Michigan, right? Like that's what this this kid didn't give a damn about, you know, NCAA violations or any of that. He he didn't care. You're, you're talking about someone who was in the Navy, um, someone who. But it, I will give this guy credit, though. This manifesto he wrote about where he broke down the ACT, the SAT test score versus grade point average. And he said he'd much rather have a kid with a low uh, test score and a high GPA because it showed that the kid with the low test score and the high GPA was outworking his talent. Um, because he can't take a, a, basically he's saying you're not smart enough to get a good score on the SAT or the, the ACT, but you have a 4.0 grade point average. That means you're busting your ass in the classroom to get your good grades. You are out working your level of talent. I want that guy on my football team. Yeah. He doesn't want the, oh man, he got a 27, uh, but he's only got a 2.95 GPA. Nah, he's a lazy ass. We don't want him on the team. Mm-hmm. That was his. That's his working theory. And I got to tell you, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And so when we look at this kid, it, the one thing you should not get twisted here, this kid is really smart. Yeah. He's a really smart guy. To break down signals is not easy. To grind your face off because you have a plan that is – basically a five-year plan to to raise your profile significantly year in and year out at Michigan so that at one point you can be the next head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. To which I say, hey, Jim, hey, we got a really savvy kid over here who's really smart and has a whole game plan. Should we bring him into the program? Hey, Jim, listen, uh, this kid, uh, he came to me with the signs for Ohio State, and it turns out they're exactly right. Program. What do you want to do? Like, hey, this kid really wants to be around us. And it turns out that this kid's initial entry into the Michigan program is none other than Arizona football coach Jed Fish. Like, this kid knew how to manipulate people to get into the right place at the right time. That's half the battle in life. It ain't what you know, it's who you know. In a lot of places, relationships move the needle. I, like this kid is not dumb. Yeah. This kid is not just some jag off the street. He's not just a guy. This is a kid that went to the, I believe he went to the Naval Academy mm-hmm. and put in the work. And he, he said that he didn't go to Michigan, which is where he has family. This guy's a Michigan dude. Like he wanted to go through the Naval Academy. Yeah. Like th- this, this guy is not stupid. Does that mean what he did is right? No, it does not. No, it does not. But let's not write this kid off as just some idiot who happened to have a really nice pair of binoculars. Because that's not what happened here. Hero, 75 for $10. Hero, what's up? Good to see you, bud. Uh, if the NCAA comes down, Michigan bye week would be the time. So now a new coach, whoever that could possibly be, considering everyone who had to know, has time to get in place. I think one of the more interesting parts of this is, can they fire Jim Harbaugh? After the season's over. Well, I'm sure you could. Mm-hmm. But you have to start a process. If we learned anything from uh, Mel Tucker at, at uh, Michigan State, which, by the way, he lost today. 
He was deemed responsible. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if we learned anything, you got to put a process in place. And if you look at Michigan, who, again, is 8-0 this season, uh, they're in their bye week. They don't play Purdue until the 4th of November. So, yeah, maybe now is the time where – I mean, what's going on behind closed doors at Michigan right now? (laughs) I think there's a lot going on. The level of panic must just be – and and again, I'm just telling you, Jim's not the guy that panics. the The panic is happening in, you know, the AD's office. The panic's happening at that upper level. That's got to figure out how to pick up the pieces here. Jim damn well knows what's going to come down. Jim, Jim is well aware of. Yeah, we're probably going to get caught for this, and you know, sorry guys, is what it is. We got caught. I mean, that's the kind of guy that I take Jim Harbaugh to be. That he knew this was going on. He did not think they were going to get caught. Um, he's going to play the victim card in the media as long as possible. And then if he, and then if he gets fired, it is what it is. Brand new story out of the Washington post. This, this literally just hit 10 minutes ago. Sign stealing investigation, threatening to disrupt Michigan's football season began after an outside investigative firm approached the NCAA with documents and videos. The firm said it had obtained from computer drives, maintained and accessed by multiple Michigan coaches, according to people familiar with the matter. Oh, boy. That's ugly. Evidence that suggests the scandal's impact could uh, broaden beyond the suspension of one low-level assistant. (coughs) People who spoke on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to speak about the ongoing investigation. They did not disclose who hired the outside firm that approached the NCAA the NCAA, Big Ten, and Michigan declined to comments. Oh, wow. Um, the outside firm's investigation began this season and involved interviews with people knowledgeable about Michigan football's scouting operation, as well as reviewing documents and videos related to sign-stealing efforts. Last Tuesday, these people said the firm presented its evidence to top NCAA officials. The next day, the Big Ten later confirmed the NCAA informed both the conference in Michigan and it opened an investigation. Ugh. Among the evidence the firm presented was a detailed schedule of Michigan's plan, planned sign-stealing travel for the rest of this season. Ah, oh, Jesus. Listing opponent schedules which Michigan game which games Michigan scouted uh, scouts would attend and how much money was budgeted for travel and tickets to scout each team. See, this is what I'm talking about. So so what did they just say? Hey, we had a budget, right? Hey, we had a budget for the travel. So what does that mean? That means this is above Jim, in my opinion. If you got to get financial approval? No, I don't think so. Jim has a budget, and this is just in my experience. Um... In my experience, this is game, set, and match. Let's just stop pulling punches. Remember what I said 20 minutes ago. If the financials on this come out, you're done. And you're done. Because if you look at this, if you look at this paragraph right here, oh boy, this is a doozy. Uh, Among the pieces of evidence the firm presented, detailed schedules of Michigan's planned sign-stealing travel for the rest of the season. So wait, did you just say that on paper there's a plan for travel? Okay. 
Uh, listing opponents. So you planned, okay, each schedule opponents travel. Um, which games Michigan scouts would attend. So now you planned a travel schedule for scouts of your program. And how much money was budgeted for the travel? And tickets to scout each team. Jim Harbaugh sits on top of a football organization. And he has a budget. And so in my opinion, just in my experience, and I've had this conversation with an unnamed many, I can think of three or four off the top of my head. No money goes out without the football coach and the uh, chief of staff knowing about it. Each football coach, so the football coach sits at the top of the pyramid. He's got a chief of staff. He's got, they've got everything. They're their own unit. And the athletic director oversees the football coach who oversees the football department. So I, I would think the fo- the athletic director is involved in this. Has to be. Has to be. Uh, the opponents targeted the most on this schedule were not surprising. Ohio State. Scouts plan to attend as many as eight games, costing more than $3,000 in travel and tickets. Georgia, with four or five games scheduled for in-person scouting and video. $3,000 in travel and tickets. Michigan's sign-stealing operation expected to spend more than $15,000 this season, sending scouts to more than 40 games played by 10 opponents. Stallions, listed as an administrative specialist, made $55,000 last year. <laughs> oh, my God. It's over. That's it, you guys. It's over. Jim Harbaugh will be suspended without pay pending the outcome of this investigation. There's no way not to now. When you have this level, uh, when you have this level of auditing happening, and the really interesting part of this of this Washington Post piece is it's unclear who ordered the audit. It's unclear. Obtained. Information obtained from computer drives maintained and accessed by Michigan coaches. So <clears throat> that oh, probably man. means, and again, speculating, right? It's my opinion. That probably means someone got a little nervous about this before all this came out. Someone in the program was like, okay, we're going a little far Somebody here. Somebody in at Michigan. Yes. Got had, nervous. Yes. Had to have hired this because firm. what it says there is Oof. those computer drives Oof. were accessed by multiple coaches and staffers. So these were private computer drives at Michigan, not like public, everyone can access them, private computer drives at Michigan that multiple coaches had access oh. to, which makes it, which sounds to me like, hey, these are drives that have a bunch of video on them, right? That just has a bunch of tape on it. And probably on these drives, one of those files were the Connor Stallion files. Hey. This is, this is what it looks like based on the signal. Okay, great. So to me, I'm just telling you, I'm not trying to be dramatic about this. This says Jim Harbaugh knew. The AD probably knew based on that financial uh, information we just got. Uh, and, and essentially, 
they've been caught red-handed. You got caught with your cookie in the jar, man. And as as far as how this came out, because it's unclear who ordered the audit, I, I guarantee you this. This was a Michigan football inner circle thing, right? Jim, you know, his closest coaches, you know, obviously Stallions and his his people that worked with him on this, right? There was a circle of oh, people man. who knew about this. And then what generally happens? When you have a secret, at some point, that secret gets but out. Here's what blows my mind. He was telling his friends and family about it. Yeah. He was, you look at, I, I showed this earlier, you guys. Look at the date on this from a Tennessee volunteer message board for crying out loud. Yeah. December 1st, one of my little brother's friends is a scout um, for Michigan. And he goes on to talk about how they paid for him to travel to see UT Tennessee take on Vandy. So th this is, as far as Stallions is concerned, yeah, he was going to tell his family and he was going to, you know, share this information and and do what he needed to do. But at the same time, that's how this got out. Because again, when you talk about not knowing, hey, who ordered the audit and where did where did this and where like how did this all start? Well, it all started because you had this huge secret inside a group of probably, I don't know, let's be conservative and say 20, 30 people on that staff at least knew about this. And then Connor's out here telling his family and everything. So at some point, someone said, okay, hey, that's cool. You guys are getting an advantage. I'm, we're not going to say anything. We're your family. We don't, we don't care. But at some point, someone knew that this was a big deal and it was illegal and you couldn't be doing this. And so they felt so compelled to go out and get a firm to audit the program. And so this investigative firm is here saying, hey, there were budgets, uh, not only for, for Connor, but for the staff and for all the scouts that they were sending out. Uh, it, it was line itemed. You, you knew it was $3,000 to go here and five to go there. And that and that's the end of it. Once, once it's clear that Jim and probably the AD knew about this whole situation, as my guy over here said, it's game, set, and match. It's over. And so my question is, how long until we get the, the, the NCAA coming down and saying, hey, that's the end. Michigan is no longer eligible for the playoff this year. Um, they, they, are, they are not eligible for probably past that, honestly, until something's done about Jim and his staff, because this is not just a Jim Harbaugh problem. So firing Jim is no longer going to get the job done. Now it's going to have to be we're firing Jim. We're firing probably 80% of that staff at least. Yeah, I don't know about all that. I think you are going to, when you fire the head coach, you're replacing his staff anyway. Well, right. I, I mean, I you're not know, bringing you? in. Yeah, you're not bringing in a new head coach and saying, hey, you're going to keep hey, Connor Stallions is going to be on your staff, dude. Doesn't work that way. You're going to clean house anyway. My bigger question is, let's stop screwing around and let's have a real conversation about the integrity of college football. Because if that that's the only job the NCAA has, they're the only place, and I know I keep saying this and I know it keeps frustrating people, but I'll keep saying it. The only place the NCAA has teeth is in discipline. They're the only ones that can handle this. And if we're really going to have a conversation about the integrity of college football, maybe it's time to have that in conversation right now about Michigan. Because if you allow Michigan to compete for a college football playoff spot. Don't ever come to me and talk to me about wanting to keep the game ethical and intact. And cause that's a bunch of bullshit at that point. You can't tell me 
knowing what you know, knowing that you have, according to this Washington Post story, detailed travel logs, detailed budgets that go with those travel logs, you can't tell me that there's questions anymore. If these reports are correct, and we have no reason not to believe that they are, but if these reports are correct, it's not a question of did Jim Harbaugh have involvement in a sign-stealing scandal. It's what are you going to do about the sign-stealing scandal at Michigan? It's no longer a question of did Jim Harbaugh know. Let's stop making up ways to spin it so that Jimmy doesn't get – Jim Harbaugh knew about this scandal, in my opinion, and Jim Harbaugh should never coach another game at Michigan. He should have a – after this scandal is adjudicated, I would hope he has at least a five-year show cause notice. And I would hope that no NFL team touches him because now it's not a question of is Jim Harbaugh ethical? The answer is absolutely not. Jim Harbaugh is not ethical. And again, I'm going to stand on what Bob Stoops said. This is not normal. This does not go on all over the country. Are there sign-stealing operations in every stadium every Saturday afternoon? You're damn right there are. But they're not from other teams who create travel budgets and itineraries with the specific purpose of stealing signs. While you play a game in, in Ann Arbor, you have scouts in Tuscaloosa. That's not normal. This is a Jim Harbaugh operation, in my opinion, based on the evidence that we've seen. And if you're not willing to do anything about it, if you're not going to fire Jim Harbaugh, if you're not going to remove him right now, don't tell me that you care about the integrity of athletes or making boys into men at Michigan. Go big blue. Come on. Who, who are you kidding? You're, you are, you are as complicit as you are willing to let Jim Harbaugh continue as the head coach at Michigan. Thanks. If you as the NCAA, if you as the Big Ten, if you as the president and the athletic director, and dare I say just the president at Michigan, you should fire the athletic director because if the athletic director didn't know, he should have. You should fire Jim Harbaugh and you should clean house after the season because you're going to let those kids compete in football games for the rest of the year, but they're not going to a bowl game and you should voluntarily withdraw yourself from postseason play this year. I mean, it's over. There's nothing else to talk about. I I, I don't know how much more, like what other evidence would you need? Oh, it's not, I, I, I think you've got them, but I think that's hardly the question. I think the question is how far does the rabbit hole go? I mean, just how deep into your program does this go? Because again, that I just, while I've been talking about thinking about it, the NCAA has all this evidence already. I, I mean, I would guess just have to assume they do. So if you're looking at this, right, as it comes out and as mm. you get it, when do you stop and say, okay, this is everything, right? Like when do we stop and say, okay, hey, yep, we know Jim knows about it. We know it's program-wide. We know that the AD knew about it. We know that money was involved in this. We know that they did this because the evidence says they did it. We have them on video. Uh, we, you know, we've got them a video in Big Ten stadiums. Then we've got them a video on video uh, in-game executing on the, the scouting they went ahead and planned and, and executed. So then the only question is, okay, well, how long has this been going on? When did it start? Obviously, when is it going to end? And who knew about it? Because that's how you determine discipline. That's how you say, okay, your Michigan's not eligible for the college football playoff for how long? Right? Is it just this year? Is this like a three-year thing? What's the discipline going to be? And that's the only question, in my opinion, that remains is, you know, 
how how deep does this go in the program, and how long is that discipline going to be? Because I I, I don't you, there's just no getting away from it anymore. There's no oh Jim didn't know or this is some low level stuff. Not at all. We're, yeah. we're way past that now, and 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 I, I'm tired of hearing people saying that because it's just it, it's it's the end of that. Uh, also from the Washington Post, an outside firm also presented NCAA officials with photographs of people investigators believe to be Michigan scouts in action, including current students interning with the football team. Ugh. The photos showed these people seated at games of Michigan opponents this season, aiming their cell phones at the sidelines. Days later, the outside firm told the NCAA cell phone videos depicting the coaching staff's from these games were uploaded to a computer drive maintained and accessed by Connor Stallions, as well as several other Michigan assistants and coaches. See what I mean? So, hey, we're going to send oh. the interns and as many people as we need to to cover our bases out to these different games every you week. You sent interns. Yeah, which is which is a bad look in and of itself. You don't you don't put interns in, in terrible positions like this. But My regardless God. of that. You it's said it's not even that you you trusted, and, and I mean no disrespect to anybody that's an intern. Interns do not qualify as employees who you can put responsibility on. Interns are there to learn and educate and get on the job training. So let me get this right. You trusted inexperienced football interns with potential criminal behavior and you didn't think you were going to get caught nope you didn't think you were going to get caught when you now have this outside firm that audited michigan and i'm with you jake there nobody has confirmed who hired the outside firm but if they're getting access to michigan computers and networks it's michigan yeah that you sent students interning with the football team on the road to videotape sidelines. How, how are you not expelling these kids from school? Wow. You, you did, but you have no choice. They committed real, you know, NCAA violations. And here's the problem. They knew what they were doing was wrong. You know how that, how I know that? Because you can't send them out on the road without telling them, hey, if anybody asks, don't tell them you're from Michigan. Don't tell them you're an intern on the football team. Because what would happen if somebody said, hey, what are you guys doing? Uh, we're interns with the Michigan football team. We're just filming the sideline. That's an NCAA violation. They knew what they were doing was wrong. You're telling me you didn't instruct them? To videotape those sidelines, you when you instructed them, you didn't tell them that was an NCAA investigation. You got to expel them from school. Like this is not, this is not ideal. This is not small, in my opinion. Yeah, this is a major, major operation. And again, how is the state of Michigan, the great state of Michigan? How have you found yourself in this kind of debauchery again, Mel Tucker? Um, the the Larry Nassar scandal, the how man, like this is just remarkable to me. Mm -hmm. And you still have not taken Jim Harbaugh off the field. You've known about this for a week or At more least. or more. You knew this. 
And you haven't taken Jim Harbaugh off the field. I, I, I'm amazed by it. And, and the other part of this, Jim Harbaugh's statement saying, and, and, and here it is right here, Jim Harbaugh's statement, I don't have any knowledge or information regarding the University of Michigan football program illegally stealing signs. Congratulations, but that's bullshit. Okay, let's presume every word of that statement's true. You're fired. You're fired. You're derelict in your duty. Oh, here's a term you never want to hear at the NCAA level. You have a lack of institutional control in your football department. How about that? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. That's not my computer. (laughs) What? (coughs) If he is still your analyst and not the NCAA. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait. I don't have any knowledge, nor have I directed any staff members or others to participate in an off-campus scouting. So let me My get this fucking head. Let me get this right. Let me get this right, khakis. So your interns in the football department traveled to and and let's not let's not get this twisted, friends. Right uh, for travel for the rest of the season, listing opponent schedules which Michigan scouts would attend. Right, and it, it, if you look. You know, like according to two people familiar with the matter, like you have documents and videos that the firm said it had obtained from computer drives maintained and accessed by Michigan coaches. Um. And you went to at least eight Ohio State games. And we're just supposed to believe that, no, what? 15,000. You ought to know you bought it. Let me get this right. So you don't have Jimmy, Jim, what's this $15,000 for travel for? And pardon me, uh, it, it, um, uh, these expenses to Connor Stout, who, who the, who the f*** is that guy? We're paying to do 15 G's? Jimmy, what is this $15,000? Oh, those. We may have to uh, go short in a couple cases. Those were for uh, hoagies. The boy, I had to get the boys some sandwiches. They were hoagies. Uh, A lot. Yeah. We, when we played, uh, when we played Michigan state, who doesn't want a good uh, dish of uh, toasted ravioli with some marinara sauce? Fat. Olive Garden's not cheap these days. Nope. Come on. Jim. Jim, 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 what do you mean? I do not condone or tolerate anyone doing anything illegal or against the NCAA rules. Good, good, good. Does does that include Zoom calls of workouts during the COVID dark period, sir? Not a good question. Why did you take a three-game rip voluntarily for that? Mm. Donnie, please. Yeah, it's over. It's over, you guys. Uh, I, I, it. Yeah, it's over. Uh, OG Gary says Bacabos cost 15K a piece. Good point. So hold on a Good second. Point. Hold on, though. Hold on. Hold on. OG, were you not the guy last week saying this was no big deal and that people just hate Jim and people hate Michigan? Why are you choosing violence right now? Because <laughs> I'm not letting my boy off the hook on this. Did you not I, say that, dude? Um, no. Um, Bacabo. I don't know what you mean. It's juicy. 
Come on, man. Um, <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Gary said, yeah, that was me. Yeah, you're damn right it was. Yeah. <gasps> you ought to know you bought it. Thank you for taking accountability, unlike your head coach, Jim. Uh, what, what? Yeah, mm, Jeff Woodworth. Jim, real press conference. F-U-N-C-A-A, what you going to do about it? So you have no frame of reference here, well, Donnie. So, uh, Jim, Jim, hey, Jim. Um, did, were you guys stealing signs and shit? Um, um, well, um, me? Um, uh, um, yes, we were. And what are you going to do about it? Um... When you, when you need the Dave Chappelle show, right? Where he's, he's, he remember that episode of the Chappelle show where he knocks over the, the pitcher of water and runs out of the room. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, James Oak state fan. If Harbaugh did not know, he did not supervise his people. Supervisors check on their people and make sure they do what is right. Yeah. He, that's exactly what I said. Like he, you have a lack of institutional control. Well said. And this is the Pat Fitzgerald. I didn't know they were doing penis car washes. Me? What? what? Uh, well, you <coughs> didn't know that your team was hazing, doing nude sexually related hazing. Yeah, you're fired. You're 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 fired. You're, 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 uh, you're fired. Yeah, you're out. Yeah, you're fired. Bye bye. Like you you had know, to know. Reset. You had to know. Come on. Uh, Lance Johnson. Jake is still mad about the Phillies, aren't we all? Thanks a Don't lot. Don't get me started picks. on that, dude. Uh, Mike Smith, OG is real, man, and will own up to it. He, he did. Hey, I'm just saying. Uh, and this is this is where I'd love. Honestly, it's not even with OG. I'd love a hardcore Michigan fan to come in here and try and defend Jim. No chance. Because because all of a sudden, Michigan fans that have been in our comments for the last week talking a bunch of junk seemingly aren't interested in being here during the live show. So. I'm just curious what Michigan fan, you know, has to say today. It's wild to me that there are still a ton of Michigan fans who are like, he's innocent. He's innocent. The election was rigged. Like sure it th was. That, it, but isn't that it's what the same this thing. is? Yes. You're you're looking, you're looking straight down the barrel of a gun and you're like, well, there's no bullet in that. Yeah, there is. Come on, dude. Guys, come on. He, he, they, they, it is irrefutable evidence at this point. Oh, bloody clean. Right? And, and it's wild to me. OG Gary says, listen, I have no working knowledge of me saying that. Allow me to pull a gym here. <laughs> Amen. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, guys, I have no knowledge of what I said uh, three days ago, so uh, I'm innocent. Jim DeStallions. Hey, the night before the games, be sure you stay at a Holiday Inn Express. Exactly. Um, uh, Alex Crows, Illinois fan here. Ooh, the fighting Illini. Oh, no. you know. hey, what? Don't call him that anymore. Be respectful, Levy Smith. Oh. Um, I'm I grew up a huge Jeff George fan. Man, I I almost played baseball at Illinois, but chose not to. Offended by how much UM scouted the Vols and not us, who they played and almost <laughs> lost to at home the week before Ohio State. Do tell. Uh, Boston Mapes. I'm with Gary. I believe the hammer will drop once the NCAA learns what a hammer is. Seriously. And we're going to have to make a run to home depot. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Martin, $75 million TV deal going towards this off-field drama. Almost as good as the Mandalorian. Seriously. Fat Jesus simply says Diamondbacks. So we're going to get to your Diamondbacks. 
The downfall of Jim is going to be on 30 for 30. This is illegal. Oh, this is a 30 for 30 all All day. day. All day. Jimbo's going to get paid to be on there, bro. No doubt about it. Uh, Bill G, it's a we stealing signs and you're not operation. We don't care. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh. Salty drunk. Talk about flogging a dead horse. I know. Just brand new details, but it's fine. What do you mean beating a dead horse, What does that mean, dude? We got this like 20 minutes ago. Uh, Boyd Lake, Jim would probably be really successful these days as a politician. He'd fit right in. Pick your party, seriously. (coughs) It's wild that he still believes plausible deniability is like a thing. What really do we have to lose? Seriously. Uh, Aaron Wilson gifted one membership on the Monty Show. Yeah. Aaron Wilson um, is a an intern in Boss Frog's department. Yeah. You never play parlays. Never. <coughs> parlays are bad business for us normal folk. Uh, 1939, I will defend Jim and think you're making a big deal out of nothing. But, okay, so what well, do you mean? How is it a big deal out of nothing? Yeah. Explain your case. I mean, just because, you know, now... People are reporting that, uh, whoa, excuse me. Um, Bob Stoops now saying this is a, absolutely an atrocity and a huge deal that this does not go on. And what is that, you might ask? Among the pieces of evidence an outside firm presented was a detailed schedule of Michigan's planned sign-stealing travel for the rest of the season listing opponent's schedules, which games Michigan uh, scouts would attend and how much money was budgeted for travel. So that's not a smoking gun. That's not like when, when when you look at where they went and how much money they spent, you don't think, dude, you don't think that this is any kind of big deal. You know. I mean, what? That's the untrained eye. What? What do we talk? What do we? Uh, big deal. What do you mean that it was um, Ohio State, Michigan's top rival? They planned as many as eight games, more than three thousand dollars in travel and tickets to see Ohio State and Georgia. Four or five games. <laughs> You're a savage. Four or five games. <laughs> Scheduled for in-person scouting and video recording. Cost more than $3,000 in travel and tickets. <laughs> but no, this is much ado about nothing. Other yeah, than I'm not the talking fact, about that. Yeah, other than the fact it's completely illegal. You know, I mean, it's fine. Like I don't break the rules. You know, uh, in total, these people said Michigan's sign-stealing operation was expected to spend more than $15,000 this season. Sending scouts to more than 40 games played by 10 opponents. (coughs) According to the university's public salary disclosure record, Stallions, who is on paid administrative leave, listed as an administrative specialist in the athletic department for uh, $55,000. Now, last time I checked, if you make $55,000, do you really think you can afford 15 Gs and travel for 40 different venues? No. Uh, no, you can't. And and here's the other thing that you can't get away from. Um, the firm approached the NCAA with documents and videos. The firm said it had obtained from computers maintained and accessed by Michigan coaches. Um, 
evidence that suggests the scandal's impact could broaden beyond suspension of one low-level assistant. You guys, this is this is a big deal. Yeah. This is a very big deal. This is not nothing. Come on now. Uh, Ron Nolan, Vegas must have known, you think? Gabriel says, holy smokes, that got my attention. <laughs> Giggity, that drop was well played, Jake. <laughs> That's me, baby. Jeff Woodworth. Jim paid me $30 to record Ohio State on my VCR and send them the tapes. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, uh, big shout out to all our Michigan supporters. Anybody got a Betamax? <laughs> Do you even know what a Betamax is? I'm a man. Is? Jake don't even know what a Betamax man, is. Man, I mean, I ain't got time for all that, man. You know. Uh, Mike Smith, computers involved. AI turned in Michigan to the authorities. Apparently, there's a video going around Twitter this afternoon mm-hmm. of a deep fake of of Jim Harbaugh admitting they cheated. Dude, we got to stop with this AI stuff. Yeah, it's gnarly. We got to stop with this AI stuff. They There was a story on... I don't remember the investigative service who did it. That the number one grossing uh, scam right now is AI voice calls from Africa and India where it's the voice of one of your relatives telling you they need help or, hey, they kidnapped me or I got arrested. I can't, I'll tell you for what, after you send the bail money. And people are actually sending the bail money because the voice is just like their mom or their wife or their friend. And the way that people are figuring this out is it's really sensational in their lives. So like, yeah, I'm going to call you back. Like, it's crazy yeah. what AI is doing. Bryce Martin, got to rewind them VHS tapes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Casey Boss. What's up, Boss? Uh, the crazy part is with their schedule, they should have only had to do this for a few schools. Yeah. 40 games, 15 Gs. That's what I mean. Why are you so focused on Rutgers, dude? How Just did go you, and beat them. Uh, and, and the biggest thing for me, Casey, is how did you think you were going to get away with these line items? With all due respect. Like, do football interns, do interns on any level go flying around the country? No. Hey, yeah, we're on, I've got to go to the world's greatest cocktail party. Between the hedges, bitch. I'm for real. What are you guys doing this Saturday? Well, I can't tell you, but we're going to the, the Georgia, Florida game. And Some shit happened. Cool. You should see the SD card and how much expense I paid on that thing. Is that a sand disc? Hey, man. That's a cool, beautiful, brand new phone. Where'd you get that? Oh, from work. Not a good question. What do you do? I steal signs from Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Because this dude was telling his friends. Like, what's the bluff? If you're if you're one of these interns at at a at a V Ohio State game and security rolls up to you because you look suspicious. Uh, hey man, uh, what are you doing here? Uh yeah, I don't know. Just coming to watch the game. I mean, is that really going to fly? And I really want to know, were they wearing Michigan gear? That's what I want to know. No way. No way. No way. But here's why. And it's Watergate all over again. Facts. I think of all the stupid crimes people have committed. Well, I'm going to send my cousin Larry. He's an auto mechanic. But he's really good with numbers. (laughs) What constitutes a promise? Right, like, and my friend Larry, he's got a handgun. I'm gonna have him knock off Jimmy. Like, you sent football interns. Football. 
And there's video of them the entire game holding their phones pointed at sidelines. And then, and then they uploaded the video to computer. Like this new videos. Boss Frog, serious question. Why isn't uh, the Michigan TCU game more ex- uh, exposure in this scandal? The only school they didn't scout, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. That, I don't know, man. I, I I am amazed. I am amazed. More is going to come out, I'm telling you. I am amazed. Yeah, I think. Why didn't they scout TCU? They didn't have time. That's why. That's why. You, you didn't have time, and... You listen to Kirby Smart talking about it, and you listen to, you know, like Kirby Smart today uh, on DogNation.com. James Crapia got Dan Lanning on the record, too. Dan Lanning said he didn't have a lot of thoughts on Michigan's in-game scouting Oregon last season. Ultimately, I think that's all will sort itself out. If anything was unusual in the 2021 Orange Bowl versus Michigan after it scouted the SEC championship game, I just remember the result of that game. Savage. Like it is, it is wild to me. Kirby Smart uh in his Tuesday press conference about the uh win over Michigan offered up similar uh thoughts to Lanning. I didn't notice anything or know anything. Nobody we talked to warned us or anything like that. I think everybody we play, they say we steal your signals. Right? We tried to hide the signals, hold the calls, put up signs. Do all that, but there's nothing I remember about that Michigan game that makes me think that. But I would remind you, Georgia was ranked number one in the country. Michigan was sitting at number two. Oregon was ranked eighth, six and one on the season. Like it, it, like you're talking about. Do you guys understand? Like, do you do you understand in the college football playoff what's on the line? Like Jim Harbaugh has been an abject failure at Michigan. Yeah. And again, I think it's important to point out, when did this all start? Two years ago. Yep. When he started beating Ohio State. Hmm. He had been a disappointment, and the talk of him going to the NFL started. And I would also remind you, this probably wouldn't be that big of a deal, or certainly not a fireable offense, if he hadn't been such an asshat in the previous investigation about recruiting during the COVID dark period. Such a great where, point. Where he refused to answer questions and, and the NCAA Committee on Infractions said he was downright dishonest. I, I don't know what else you say. Don't man. lie to me. Because this would have never come out if you'd have owned your nonsense and not had them sniffing around the program. And guys like Dan Lanning, it, I mean... What does he have to gain by talking about it? Like, yeah, that's a roast job out of Dan Lane. Like I, I look at, I look at this situation, and I, it, this is. I wish I could say I was surprised, you guys. I wish I could say I was surprised, but you, you listen, and I don't mean to keep playing the same bite over and over again. But listen to what Jim Harbaugh said about Jim. This. Do you feel like? your program has a target on its back both because of the success on the field and also some things off the field uh yeah i think success i mean does that there's people that don't like to see people be successful you know um and there's a target yeah that's i think i mean everybody's pointed that out uh from the beginning of the season um but our guys are uh you know they're just very focused um you know, and just go about their business you know wake up Take care of business today, and then uh, and we still got 
get back, uh, get the guys back to Ann Arbor, and, and then wake up tomorrow and take care of business again. Like he just, he's just a jerk. Dan Lanning is a red ass. Yes. Jim Harbaugh is unlikable and a jerk. You cannot, unless you are a Michigan fan, you cannot root for this guy. Yeah, at least with Dan Lanning, like, like I've gone through a renaissance with Dan. I, I was not a Dan Lanning fan when he was roasting Colorado. Not a fan. Thought it was low cash because Colorado has no business being on the same football field as Oregon. Like, I, I had a lot of criticism for Dan, but I got to admit, Dude, you lost to Washington like that, and then you came out and, you know, you said, we weren't good enough. We, you know, we didn't execute, and I appreciated that out of Dan, and I appreciate the fact that he takes the opportunity to roast Michigan when he when it's presented to him because that's exactly what he did. Hey, I don't think much of it because, essentially, we won the game. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. great. If you want to scout against us, awesome. We still beat you. And and that's what I love about Dan Lanning. I wish they'd have beat Washington because I think Washington's going to have a tough time getting into the playoff. I think Oregon would have had a better shot. But I appreciate what Dan's doing right now. But I'm just telling you, man, you can't you can't be the way that Jim is with the media no. and think that it's going to work out well for you. Meaning that nothing the media is not going to do anything to you. But if you're going to sit here and be this, you know, just. I, I, you know, yeah, he's a jerk, but just sort of this so relaxed, like nothing affects you, no problem type thing. That's that's what I'm that's where I'm saying, hey, you're gonna get in trouble because people know yeah. people know that you don't want to admit what the hell is going on right here. And that's gonna get you in trouble. I think, and again, if you're just tuning in because I see a bunch of people just joined us, we are running down the details. Uh, brand new from the Washington Post about an outside firm. Uh, that was auditing Michigan and got access to computers at Michigan and uncovered a treasure trove of information around this cheating scandal. And one of the, the major revelations of this cheating scandal that was unearthed by this firm is the opponents targeted uh, most on the schedule were Ohio State, Michigan's top rival in the Big Ten, um, where they were they were going to scout as many as eight games. Eight games related to Ohio State where they spent more than $3,000 on traveling tickets. Next was Georgia, a potential Michigan opponent in the college football playoff. Four or five games scheduled for in-person scouting and video recording, also costing in the neighborhood of $3,000 in travel. And the other hard part about this is this sign-stealing investigation now it looks like was uncovered by an outside firm who approached the NCAA with documents and videos. The firm said it obtained from computers and drive to maintained and accessed by multiple Michigan coaches, according to two people familiar with the matter. This is a big deal. And right now, I think the question we're asking you here uh, on the Monty show is, can Jim Harbaugh survive this? Because I, I just don't see any way and again, they're in a bye week now until November 4th. I think you have to take him off the field. You have to say you are suspended, and I'm I'm good with it. If you want to suspend Jim Harbaugh with pay, I totally understand that. But I don't believe that this is one of those situations, Jake, where you can just say, hey, yeah, let's suspend him with pay, and 
or actually let's just let this thing play out. Like, I don't think you can do that. No, it's one of those situations where you have to be very cognizant of how you're making your institution look. I mean, if you're going to, you're going to suspend him with pay, you're basically saying you don't think he's guilty and you think that he's, you know, he's just out here coaching the football team. But the reality of the situation is, is that, is that all the evidence says he knew all the evidence says he's guilty and all the evidence says he's right in the middle of this thing. And, yeah. and I I'm telling you, and this is what we talked about earlier in the week. For those of you who weren't there for those shows, dude, this is something where now the brass at Michigan has to seriously start considering the the damage to the brand that is Michigan in the big picture, not just football, but yes. just Michigan as an institution. I'm, uh, you know, I don't care what the sport is. Hey, is Michigan a school that's known for cheating? Simple question. Mm. I we don't we can't say that now. I, and I'm certainly not. You don't. You're not willing to say that. Not now. yet. Not yet. It depends how they handle this. Because if they handle it, if they suspend him without pay, and he's gone, and the discipline comes oh, down, man. and they handle it well, is Arizona known for cheating through the Sean Miller case? Yes. Okay. Well, that's that was recruiting and bags of money and under the table stuff and Adidas deals that should have never happened and, and the FBI. We all know that story. So with this one, I'm sitting here asking, okay, how does Michigan now escape this as a brand? Because yeah. I think you seriously have to look at that. And, I, and I'm a big proponent of the only way you escape it is by letting this guy go and rolling it over and putting winning to the side because winning no longer matters. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I think it's one of those things where now Michigan's known as the program that's willing to do things that we never thought they would do. I mean, you never thought that you would never think that, hey, Michigan's going to be the in the center of a, you know, a, a massive scandal. Like you would never think that you would never think that this would be, you know, with all due respect to our Texans and, and our, our folks in Waco, a Baylor type scandal or like, what's the magnitude of this scandal? Mm. I, it's probably not on the Baylor level because we're not talking about assaults yeah. and murders yeah. and. We're not talking about that, but is this Rick Pitino at Louisville basketball? Yeah, I think it is. Um, is this any recruiting scandal that we've seen? Yes, yes it is. Yes. Um, I I just am. A, is it? I think it's worse than the Astros. I, I think there's no oh, question. This is definitely worse than the Astros. It's worse yeah. than the Astros. Yeah, because you went out. You were proactively going out and scouting teams that were deeper in your schedule. It would. This would be the equivalent of the Astros sending a whole scouting department. Uh, that would videotape with their phones, you know, the dugout, you know, a week in advance of every game or something. I mean, that's what you're talking about here. And, and, yeah. and, and I really think to be honest with you, this is something that, that you probably wouldn't see in a lot of other sports because of the volume of games in other sports. I mean, again, this is, you gotta understand, I mean, you're talking about hours of footage that this guy and his people not, you know, Connor but, and the staffer had to break down. But am I putting too much into the fact that this is Michigan football? That this is the Michigan Wolverines. This is Bo Schembechler. This is this is a program that I do not associate with no. with anything like this. No, I don't like Michigan, but the fact is is Michigan is a prestigious brand. This is a brand that is a blue blood for sure. This is a brand that is iconic in college athletics whether you hate them or love them, whatever your feeling is, you know who Michigan is. And 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 I just I, I, I'm telling you, the brass at Michigan has a responsibility now to to save face, to to yeah. damage control, to say how much exposure do we have here? And the answer is a lot. You've got a lot of exposure. Oh, it happened in the football program under Jim. Well, damn, you guys know that Michigan hockey puts a lot of dudes in the NHL. What are they doing? 
What, like, what, you know what I mean? Like, that's what happens here. That's the natural but again, progression. I guess you can go back to the Fab Five, yeah, right? I precisely. mean, the, the, like, in all the stuff, the Ed Martin stuff and the Chris Weber stuff and all of that that went on. I, I, I just don't view Michigan in that light. No. And, and I think that's one of the things that's so damaging, you know, is it, I just don't, I don't view them that and way. And by the way, you're in a time when you've got controversial new things in college football, like, like NIL, like the transfer portal, like how do we get recruits through NIL? Like a lot of things that a lot of people characterize as under the table or dirty recruiting through NIL. You all know the complaints that everyone has out there. So again, it's hardly the time to have a, a, a you know, quote unquote scandal running through your football program. And this is what I continue to say about Jim. Jim is always the guy that's got something happening in the program. It can never just be a straightforward, hey, yeah, we're 8 no right now. Yeah. You know, we're focused on our next opponent, and that's just what it is. That's never the case under Jim Harbaugh. All right. Let's get your uh, comments on the show live on YouTube. Make sure you find uh, the Monty Show. If you're new to the show, make sure that you uh, also, if you're a podcast fan, Anywhere you get your your podcast, you can find The Monty Show. In fact, just go over to Google right now. Do it. And search The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show uh, on Google. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to our audio podcast no matter where you go. Matt Riley said, did my super chat go through? My internet went out. Thank you, Comcast. Damn uh, Well, let's see. Am I, am I up to date on super chats? Um, let's see. Titus. For five dollars, uh, if I drop, I dropped twenty five hundred on the game last year. If Michigan is found guilty, can I sue? I think you probably can. I think you have a case, and, and that's the other. I side I think of you this, probably dude. can. The game, the gambling side of this, I'm telling you, has got deep, deep implications because you don't have. Like we had a comment earlier in today's show about, hey, Vegas knew the boys in Vegas knew, and yeah, they probably did know. And I'm telling you, that's affecting. That would definitely affect lines. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that if if the one of the big things about this is the gambling community matters. And the they gambling, would be pissed. The gambling computer ma matters, <clears throat> by the way. Hey, um, also, big shout out to our guys in Russia listening to us on TikTok. We're live on TikTok oh, okay. today. That's what the everybody was talking about, the selfies. What's up? Everybody, there's there's everybody. There's our studio. There's Jake right Hey, there. what's up? He's not so great, but no. Um, how about our guy, somebody whose name I can't pronounce, live in Russia on TikTok? You just gave a gift to the good, Russians. Good to see you. We did give a gift, to, a, a shout out. What's up, Pootie? Uh, Matt Ritson, <laughs> wrong show. Did uh, Harbaugh get uh, trouble satellite camps year a year <clears> ago? <throat> I don't remember. That sounds vaguely familiar, but I could be wrong. Bigfoot Duck, what's up, Bigfoot Duck? Didn't Michigan just fire a coach over computers? Believe they did. Believe they did. Uh, Hero 75, $5. The only question is now what kind of punishment needs to come down? Personally, Michigan shouldn't be allowed to play another game this year. I don't even think it's another game this year. Let them go undefeated. They are not eligible for postseason play. They are not eligible for the Big Ten championship game. I knew today would be shitty. You, you take Jim Harbaugh out of the equation and you take their postseason opportunities away. Happy to do it to ASU. Yeah, I think it's absolutely the right thing to do, man. There is no question about it. Kaufman, a member of the show for seven months. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Kaufman. Uh, Michigan should have already fired Jim, in my opinion. Shouldn't be on the sideline. Absolutely. Uh, Joseph Harper, a member of the show for a month. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Good to see you. Matt Riley for $5. What do you uh, bet the out-of-conference opponents in their conference will be pushing 
the NCAA to bring the hammer down. I don't even know that they'll have to push. I, I seriously don't think the NCAA will need much nudging here. Because how do you not? How do you not? Uh, did I already shout out Aaron Wilson? He may have given another one. Aaron Wilson, he deserves two shout outs. Aaron, did you get your water heater fixed, by the way? Water. Water. Water ice. Yeah. Water ice. Uh, ton, hey, Ton. Hey, Ton. Uh, holler, Monty Show. What a what a quack a lacking. What's up, Ton? Uh, McKinley Cutler, uh, did you guys see the expanded distribution for Jazz Plus and Jazz Games? We did. Ryan Smith isn't messing around, wants as many people watching games as possible. Well, that's because he wants to make money. He wants to make money. You know, uh, Lance Johnson does, uh, Putin know, Putin knows everything. The Todd father, whoa, the Todd father says, Hey, Russian fan, check your leader. Yo, check, <laughs> check your leader. Yo, exactly. Right. Teddy Wayman. What's up? Jazz B-ball is back, baby. Yeah. How about the NBA back in full tonight? Man, did I get piped? Holy cow. I lost by half a point on prize picks last night in just brutal fashion. So I got the discounted win. I won eight bucks last night. Right. But I just, I can't, I don't even know. I It is so frustrating to me that I have lost, I think it is three straight NBA bets by half a point. The CAC. Like, I needed, I needed what, Austin Reeves to score 15 points, and he scored 14. Because the number was 14 and a half on prize picks. I took more. Well, cannot believe that. Cannot believe that. Our friends in Russia gave us 100 likes. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, it's amazing to me that the NBA season's here already. It's awesome, isn't it? Um, and we had a whole NBA thing to talk about. We, we need to talk about my guy, uh, Devin Booker. Headband book. Got to be honest with you, Jake. Not surprised. Devin Booker last night comes out and it's because he doesn't have any help on the Phoenix Suns that he dominated. He put on the headbands. He put on the uh, Devin Booker ones and kicked the crap out of little Steph Curry. Uh, But, you know, Brad Beal wasn't healthy, didn't play in the game, so Book had to do it on his own. I know, reset. Isn't that right, Jake? Yeah, man, that's just, man, that's spot on analysis of are you, you know, the uh, association, man, that's wow. Are you ready to say now? Are you ready <coughs> to say that that Devin Booker is the best scorer in the NBA? <laughs> You're not wrong. He is right now. I, I think that he's definitely taken taken a step up in this offseason. You you could tell last night came out and he was on a mission. There's no doubt. And I think that. You know, I if I'm him, I'm still pissed that you lost to the Bucs in the finals two years ago now. I would be pissed about that. And I think that he understands, like, you're either winning championships or you're not. And, yeah. you know, you're not getting younger. What is he? I think he's 25 now, maybe. Uh, let me let me look. His Whatever age a pimp is, he is. You know, he's 26. So, okay, you're entering your prime as, as a Just entered player. his prime, yes. Just entered his prime. So you've probably got, you know, five years to dominate this league and, and win hopefully two to three championships. And you've got a roster to do it now. So at some point, you know, the, the Suns have to take that next step. And I think that the way it looks to me is it's going to be the book and KD show. Yep. And then Brad Beal is going to have to find his way. 
Here's a question for you. Who is the best scorer in the NBA right now? I think Book is on that list. Certainly. Um, but I don't know. Is it Luka Doncic? He's got to be in the conversation. Yep. Uh, I think Giannis is probably just a, a blunt force. I think Kevin Durant still has to be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know that there is any other player, and maybe Jason Tatum comes to mind, who can do it as effectively as Book does it at all three levels. And I think Devin Booker is a better shooter than Jason Tatum. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's it's so funny like how it works. Their games are just so different. You know, like Book is a better shooter than Jason Tatum. There's yep. no question. But Jason Tatum is a bigger, like frame-wise, bigger physically. Body. He's a bigger body, so he plays the game a little bit differently. It's a little bit slower of a pace. He wants to grind you out in the post a lot. Like, there's a lot of different ways, uh, you know, Tatum can beat you. You know, the the tough part is, like, I look at a guy like Jokic, an MVP guy, obviously just won a championship. And I'm watching this game last night, and I'm against the Lakers, and I'm like, dude, how many looks does this guy get inside the restricted area? Yeah. How many times has this guy just gone cleanup duty? And that's an advantage that he has, you know? And so when I look at, yeah, Book threw up 32 points in game one of the season, right? You know, you've got Jokic at 29 points in the first game. Like, but think about how much how much better of a score Book has to be, just a pure hooper to get his 32 than Jokic has to be because Jokic is on cleanup duty for a lot of his stuff. So to me, the best score in the league, it's either Book, uh, obviously Durant's in that conversation still, even though he's a little older now. Uh, and I think when Tatum's got it going, he's impossible to stop. Yeah, I I think it it obviously book and a Joel Embiid are in different conversations. Totally. But a guy like Luka Doncic, do you want Devin Booker or Luka Doncic on your team? Well, I I think there's it's not rocket science or a fresh take to say that Luka's not a great teammate. I I think we know that. I would agree with that. We've seen the burnout, you know, the the adversity him and Kyrie face just trying to work together on the floor. Like I think it speaks to Luka's kind of a pain in the ass to be a teammate with. And and I think you know, yeah, has Book won a championship? No, Mm-mm. but he's gotten to the finals. You know, he's been there uh, and lost. And I think that you're going to see with more regularity that Book and company are going to be making deeper postseason runs over the next five years. I truly believe that because you've got a core there that really should be able to play together for a couple seasons. And and that's, I think, well, difference-making. And I also think Book showed us things last night that we haven't seen yet, and that's the thing that is so... That turnaround that you saw on Sports Center, where everybody was all fired up about his turnaround over over Steph, we haven't seen him make that kind of turnaround in depth. And I think you look at I think you look at the way that Devin Booker affected that game last night. I think he's got to be there. But I mean, I think Shea Gilgis Alexander has to be in the conversation certainly. Yeah, you know, um, I think SGA doesn't get enough credit. I, I think that he is such a... It's SGA, the G stands for Giddy, right? Right, Shea right. Giddy yeah. Alexander. Yeah, Shea Giddy Alexander. Uh, you know, he's such an efficient scorer. I mean, he the elbow jumper is automatic for him. You know, there's no hesitation. And I think that's what makes him special. And I do agree with a lot of the people, former players, analysts, all saying that he's going to be in that top five conversation inside of two seasons. I agree with that. The guy is a really intelligent player and efficient scorer. So, you know, if you're OKC, you're excited about him. But all jokes aside with, you know, Austin Reeves or Josh Giddey, that second-tier player, those guys are going to have to get better. And so when I look at the best score in the league, Devin Booker's got Bradley Beal, who's already one of the best scorers we've seen 
in the past several years, injuries aside. Well, let's not forget that Kevin Durant, you know, only put up 29 points a game. Like, I mean, you look at, he is, he is far from done. But my question is, when do we see the precipitous decline of a guy like a LeBron James, a Kevin Durant, a Steph Curry? Like, uh, when do we see those numbers start to tick down? Because I think you're going to see that Devin Booker is going to going to add two, three points a game this year. Yeah, I think we're going to start to see a little bit of a decline out of LeBron because they're going to restrict his minutes. They're going to keep him 28 to 30 minutes. And I think Which that's Which I think smart. is really smart. It is. And, and I think that Braun, you know, doesn't need to be a 30-plus point-a-night guy anymore. You, 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 what you really need out of him is you need uh, controlled possession-by-possession possession basketball throughout the season. And you need him to stay healthy. The Lakers cannot sustain... LeBron being out, even though he's not your leading scorer a lot of nights, he's that guy that's the floor general. He's the guy that is going to bring it up and get you into your offense. And, and my God, D'Angelo Russell, give the man uh, the damn ball, please. Can isn't, we isn't there already a sense of dread uh, when it comes to, I mean, it, when it comes to the LA Lakers, isn't there already a sense of dread after last night? When you look at how bad Anthony Davis was, when you look at how much they struggled just to have a co cohesive offense, is there not already a significant sense of dread around the LA Lakers? Yeah, I mean they didn't look great. That's for sure. You know, I mean it wasn't it wasn't what you'd hoped hope for for sure. And I think you know I don't know what is going on in D'Lo's head. I don't know if he's just trying to be the best player on the team or something, but. It's bad business not to give LeBron James the ball at the elbow. And I don't know what you're thinking there. Yeah, I really don't understand it. And I and I wish I wish that I did, but I don't. And I, I want to uh, and I, I think that the hard part for me is that I I just don't see it. And I want to see it and I want I I think the NBA is a far better product when the LA Lakers, Boston Celtics, New York Knicks are good. I don't see them being good this year. Yeah. And I I I, I don't. I really don't. Uh, Teddy Wayman, I've hit my head many times. Jesus, what happened? Uh, Boss Frog, oh, hey, Aaron Wilson. Hi, hello. Uh, how did you do at the book last night? Oh, hit, want more advice? No more parlays. Yeah, our, our guy, our guy loves him some parlays. Yeah. And I just don't think that you can, <coughs> you can't play a parlay seriously and think that you're going to win because I, what is the number? What is our confidence level um, in parlays? No, I mean, it's not high. Certainly. I mean, you know, we were looking at percentages and, you know, typically uh, with parlays, like a three play parlay is the highest percentage. You know, once you get over that, you're, you know, you're going to be in your percentages go way down because you need more things to go. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I just think that, you know, Betting on parlays is risky business, dude. I, it I, is. I, I think, you know, oh, like, hey, I need this guy to score 20, and then this guy's got to, like, score 10, and this guy's got to have some special. that. Like, I just don't think it's smart. I think the smart play is individual bets or positions uh, and, and making smart decisions with that. I mean, that's just what it is. <laughs> you know, you're going to run parlays out there. You're going to have a long night. Yeah. Totally agree. I, I think it is one of those things where you just have to figure out what you're good at betting. That's why I play prize picks. You guys are daily fantasy uh, partner is prize picks, prize In the description below, make sure you go hook it up at prize picks.com. 
Uh, use the promo code Monty to get uh, 100% deposit matching up to $100. In the description below, if you click the link, it'll embed the code Monty, so you automatically get that. But let's get your comments on the NBA uh, salty drunk uh, rhetorical question, Monty, Luca or book? I Well, I, I don't actually think it's rhetorical. I think they are two very different players, and I, I don't see anybody, anybody, taking Luka over book at this point. Mm -hmm. I think I think Luka Doncic has done so much damage to himself with how selfish he has been. And it's guys like Chris Tapps Porzingis being a better player after he left Dallas. Yeah. And that's repeated itself pretty regularly. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is a very interesting example of that. So I, I actually don't think it's rhetorical at all. My name is Luka. But... That's just me. Matt Merle says, uh, best is Vic, and you know it. What do you guys expect out of EW tonight? I mean, are you expecting all-star, all-NBA? All-star, certainly. Are you expecting 25 points a game? Yeah, 25 and 10, I think. And I'm not even, I'm not exaggerating. I, I think that he will have, I think, 25 and 10 as well within his skill set. I, I, I think that my biggest concern, again, and, and I hope people understand this, I've never doubted the dude's ability. No. The the guy's ability is unquestioned. What, I, what I'm curious about is his durability because we've seen this every single year with rookies, dude. Uh, the durability factor when you're playing a man's game is tough. It's son. not easy. Man's game, son. Yeah. yeah and, and so to me, like, if this if this guy can play seventy games, yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be Hall of Famer. He's gonna be an all timer. There's no doubt, and I don't think we should have any heartburn over saying that. But but show me you can stay healthy, and I'm just curious how long is the bodybuilding going to take? Because I do think, and there have been reports that he added twenty pounds of muscle. I don't see it honestly. I don't see him looking that big or any kind of huge transformation let's just see if he can do it in the regular season yeah and at a high level without getting hurt yeah i think that's the biggest Victor's jump the way. that's the biggest jump salty drunk the giddy taunting continues on the program see it's not taunting you just think the guy is the best player in the world and we don't and i would still take austin matthews reeves uh, austin reeves i keep saying I'm a disgrace. Uh, OG Gary, I got the Jazz doing really well this year. My Lakers are going to be like seventh at most six. I think the Jazz right now today are a 30-win team at best. Yeah, I want to talk about the CV thing for one second. So so are you are you on board with the Jazz Plus thing? Like, where um, are you? I mean, certainly we're going to get league pass. Certainly. 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 Um, I think you you don't have a choice but to be on board with the Jazz Plus thing. I mean, and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, the Utah Jazz, um, what's the right way to say this? The Jazz have struggled to roll out their new TV deal. And it says something that your owner is talking about your TV deal on opening night. I think that's a problem. And I think that you have been working on this, and, and I, I don't fault the Jazz for this. They rolled out a, a a new, and we talked a little bit about it yesterday, but their new TV deal reaches into several states. Hey, Jazz fans. I'm excited to kick off the 50th season of Jazz basketball with an important update. Earlier this month, we went live with our new broadcast arrangement that allows everyone in Utah to watch Jazz games. 
either on local television through KJazz Channel 14 or by subscribing to Jazz Plus, which is our streaming service that also features a bunch of Inside Our Team content. The viewership has been incredible so far, and we appreciate all of your support and cheering on the team. But we know the Jazz fans aren't just in Utah. For all of our fans in Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, Oregon, and Washington, I'm excited to share that we are opening up more ways for you to watch the Jazz games than ever before. Starting with our season opener on October 25th, fans in southeastern Idaho and western Wyoming can watch Jazz games through the new KJazz feed that'll be available through Fubo. We are also taking Jazz Plus into those markets so you can get 24-7 access to the team both on and off the court. Fans in Montana, the rest of Idaho, most of Oregon, Eastern Washington will also be able to watch Jazz games through their Root Sports Northwest subscription. We push the limits to secure the new broadcast coverage with only one goal in mind, making sure that every Jazz fan can catch every second of the action. So whether you are tuning in with a basic TV antenna, streaming through Jazz Plus, or watching through another preferred service, get ready for a milestone season that is sure to be one of our most exciting yet. Let's go Jazz, and we'll see you at tip-off. There you go. You know what? More power to you. I think it is, it's not a terrible deal. I think it is, I think it's what they needed to do. But here's the thing that I struggle with is one, Ryan Smith is yet to hit a home run as the jazz owner. And I think it's, I think this jazz plus thing is, I mean, are you excited about it? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's important for the Jazz to be on the cell phone, no doubt. I, I think that, you know, the, the rollout initially was, hey, you know, we're going to get back on KJazz, KJZZ, which is a local network in Salt, in Salt Lake. So the local community in Salt Lake can watch uh, for free on Antenna TV. That was the big thing. Hey, I'm Ryan Smith. I'm from I'm from Utah. I'm a local guy, been a jazz fan my whole life. I want to make sure that if you're not a smartphone person, if you're not, you know, in technology like that, that you can just pull it up on your antenna TV. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing. The second thing that I like about this is that if you are a cell phone person, like most of us are, you can get this pretty easy. Now, here's my thing. I'm not so married to being able to buy tickets through an app or being able to sell food through the app or you know, a lot of these additional features. Now, I'm not faulting them for that, right? I'm no. not criticizing you for it. But for me, when I think about an app for streaming, I'm just thinking about, okay, so, you know, this is going to cost a certain amount, and I just need to be able to watch the game through it. That's all I really That's care That's all that about. matters. The biggest complaint, and the reason that you're, you've are you seen, because this video that we just played for you is a re-racked, updated video based on the first video they rolled out for Jazz Plus, where... Ryan's talking about, hey, we've expanded it now into these different states. And so yep. the reason they did that is because a lot of jazz fans that live in Wyoming, the edge of Wyoming is only 90 minutes from Salt Lake. It's people not, got pissed. Yeah. When they were rolled pissed. out Jazz Plus and yeah. K Jazz, people were pissed here in Salt Lake. Yeah. Because, because the Idaho jazz fan, the Wyoming jazz fan, the jazz fan that's not right in the heart of Salt Lake or right in the heart of the state of Utah couldn't stream this and you couldn't get it on league pass because of blackouts. And so it basically made it where, Hey, I can't get it on K jazz. Cause I'm not in state can't get it on jazz plus because I'm, because I'm not in state and it's blacked out on league pass. So I still can't watch the jazz. And so they've expanded it, which is great. I appreciate that. 
but I'm still struggling with how this whole thing was sort of rolled out and kind of celebrated almost like, like today they did a, they cut the ribbon on the Delta center naming rights deal in right. front of the building, which is yep. great. I, I think that that was a smart play, you know, love the, love the heartstring type deal. Cool. But I don't know. I just feel like this off season, I, I was expecting, and maybe this is just my fault. I was expecting the jazz to have some sort of big like thing kind of happen. Like whether that was a trade you know, whether that was some sort of celebration around it. That, la- that was last year with their new uniforms. And I, and I ask every NBA fan, whether you're a Mavericks fan, a Rockets fan, Lakers, Clippers, whoever. If you were, if your club rolled out new uniforms, would you have just done a pre-can video and that would be it? I have a hard time believing the Knicks would do that. The Bulls would do that. Then again, those are iconic uniforms. Okay, Oklahoma City. Okay, pick your pick your Orlando Magic. Charlotte. Charlotte. Like, are you telling me that a, uh, any team would have done a, a small, not so well done, not with your best player, uniform rollout video? You would have had an event. You would have had your best players ever, your... And the Jazz haven't done that. They didn't have a new TV deal last year. Their TV deal this year is hard to understand, and a lot of fans don't know where to get Jazz Plus. And you alienated a lot of fans in your fan base because they could no longer watch your games. Like, I just, the Jazz need to just be better about it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And the other thing that I really struggle with is I think Ryan Smith is not a relatable guy. And I've tried to find a thousand different ways to say this. Ryan Smith is baseball cap on backwards bra. And I I just don't think a lot of people relate to him. And by the way, this team's not going to be very good this year. They're a 30-win team right now. And they have a very hodgepodge roster. And I think there is a level of impatience amongst Jazz fans with Danny Ainge right now. And I would be more patient if I were a Jazz fan. I think he's done a really good job. This is a critical season. He has to prove that he can still build a championship roster. Yeah. And I, I, I'm i just, yeah, Mike Smith, guy wearing a hat backwards that has no branding on the back, step your game up. That's the first thing I thought. Like, if you look at this video, I just want you, I'm going to play 10 seconds of this video. And, of course, I have to go find it. Hey, Jazz fans. I'm excited to kick off the 50th Obviously, season of Jazz basketball right. with an important update. Earlier this there, month, we went live with our the new jazz broadcast logo right there. I cannot believe that allows everyone in Utah that you have a video to watch. And you, you have a portion of your video that has no Jazz logo in it. And it goes back to the uniform rollout. Do you not have marketing people? How is Jazz bra not wearing a Jazz hat? I don't understand it. You're the owner of the team. And I understand he's trying to be a hip guy and he's a billionaire from Qualtrics. And Well, I think that's the part that people can't relate to. I I, I think that, you know, I, I think that Ryan wears the hat to try to be more relatable. You don't see Ryan Smith in a suit and professional business attire publicly because he wants you to feel like, hey, I'm one of you guys. I'm from, I'm, you know, from Provo or whatever, or yeah. Salt Lake. And, and I'm, you know, I'm... Yeah, I'm a billionaire, but I started my company in Salt Lake and grew it, and it's the American dream, and yada yada. But I, 
I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I'm not trying to be negative with the jazz. I think they will be an, an entertaining product. Jazz games yeah. typically are very entertaining. If you're a, more of a hardcore purist NBA fan, they're, they're a good product to watch. Now, as far as wins and losses, yeah, they're not going to win a ton of games, but that doesn't mean they're not going to be right in the middle of a lot of games. Their and, roster is incredibly unbalanced. Their roster is incredibly unbalanced. And if, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm honestly asking you guys, if you're a jazz fan, what are your expectations? Like, I, and I know we have a ton of jazz fans that watch the show, but you look at their roster. Uh, who's the starting point guard on this team? Uh, it's going to be JC. Well, once you trade him, when you trade Jordan Clarkson, cause you will trade him. But that's the specific example we're talking about. Right. You kept Jordan Clarkson because he's a fan favorite because of what you got on the rest of the roster. I'm a firm believer in that. 100%. 100%. You didn't want to ship this guy out. As Ryan Smith tweeted, we're never trading Jordan or we're not trading Jordan, whatever he said. And you kept him. And by all accounts, based on our information, you kept him because Ryan didn't want to trade him. That's. There was division. Yeah. There's division over Colin Sexton. And so when I look at the roster, Sitting here saying, yeah, Lori's a nice guy, but Lori's hardly relatable. He's a, he's 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 a big that dunks and shoots and you know is exciting to watch. Lori, John Collins, and Walker Kessler are your foundation. And Walker Kessler has been a smashing success with the fan base. People yes, love Walker Kessler. Like he's down to earth. Like he's about as good as it gets in terms of the fan base. But I don't know. I'm just waiting for. I want Keontae George to be the next face of the Jazz. I'm tired of talking about Jordan Clarkson. Let's let's be a 30-win team that moved on from the prior prior roster because we're still waiting for Jordan Clarkson to move on. And it's not that I don't like Jordan. I just think he's out of place he's here now, dude. Here. Yeah, like you're out of place. And I, I, listen, I think Clarkson, THT, and Colin Sexton are going to be gone. They're They're not long-term fits on this roster. But you have a really good young corn. I hope it doesn't get burnt out. Yeah. Uh, salty drunk. I love the Jazz and OKC. Just seem to do it better for their fans and promoting the brand. That I, oh, I agree. I think OKC does an outstanding job yeah. of of marketing what they have. I mean, seriously, all like all the Josh Kitty stuff aside, like, dude, you're you're the SGA promotions that they run are outstanding. There's no question about that. They and, need Chet to stay healthy because yeah. he will. He's a draw. Yeah. He's a draw, absolutely. Uh, Teddy Wayman, once we trade JC and THT, it'll be Keontae George. I would agree with and that. And by the way, Keontae George is a firecracker. This roster has been waiting for for freaking five years. Yeah. The guy can hoop. Yep, no And doubt he's about going it. to get better. And and I'm just telling you, fit once you, as a fan, figure out how you want to watch the Jazz. Because I still maintain as a fan, that's a discussion you got to have with yourself. And whether that takes five minutes or five years, is on each individual fan because yep. young kids going to be able to move on from this. The official energy provider of the Monty show is bucked up energy powered through the back half of the show. Even got through Jim Harbaugh breaking news. Thanks to our friends at bucked up energy. I'm telling you buckshot's a game changing product. You guys, it's free in the description below. Let me check where we're at on the leaderboard. Uh, we are trying to get to 500 samples um, in the last 10 days of the month. Um, so if you have a, if you, you want to get six free buckshot, go get it in the link in the description below. And the thing that I always tell you about buckshot and bucked up is it is in my opinion, an elite product because they use the best ingredients to make the best products that do exactly what they say they're going to do. That's why they're happy to give you guys, um, 
so many free samples because for 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 bucked up, they know once you try it once, you're gonna love it. And you find somebody who doesn't like buckshot. Let I, I've never met somebody because it's a great product that works really well. Bucked up, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. And by the way, if you guys need um, pre workout whey protein isolate, collagen peptides, greens. Man, I'm telling you, I am not sore today. Finally, I have a little, I have a little doubt soreness in my shoulder, but my chest isn't sore anymore. My back isn't my like we're back in the gym hardcore this week. And dude, I was feeling it yesterday. But thanks to thanks to my wife beating me over the head about electrolytes. I had electrolytes this morning and yeah. Bucked up makes it all. Get it at buckedup.com. Use promo code Monty20 or Monty to get 20% off uh at checkout uh let's see where are you guys at um mike smith but he looks like the kid instead of the guy that ryan I smith completely agree ryan smith is a billionaire and so the the predicament is if you're ryan smith you have a decision i believe every owner of any sport uh or of any sports organization has this decision how do you want to present yourself publicly are, are you going to be suit and tie guy but he's that typical are, utah man that is a little awkward with the fashion. Yeah. He's a little uncomfortable. He's smart as a whip. Like he's, I mean, the guy's a brilliant, he's a genius in business. It's a little awkward though. Mm -hmm. it's a li he just, he's, he's a little awkward. Yeah. A little awkward. Uh, this D bag is a billionaire. He's not a D bag. Yeah. He's uh, not a bad boss dude. frog. I remember Mark Cuban dressed the same way shortly after he purchased the Mavs from Don Carter who dressed like he just stepped out of from a rodeo. But Cube's on a different level. I, does Ryan Smith ever get to Mark Cuban? Well, I, the difference here. <laughs> Are you is, a Cuban fan? Uh, I'm, yes and no. He's controversial. I mean. I love him. I respect the hell out of Mark Cuban, the businessman. I, I don't love the reports out of the office culture stuff that we've seen over the years. You know, no, that's true. I, I, I don't love some of the, you know, just the day-to-day -day stuff I've heard about him. I don't love, but damn, I respect him as a businessman, just as I do Ryan Smith. And I want to make that clear. I'm not having a discussion about whether I respect Ryan or not. I respect Ryan Smith. I, dude, you built a no billion doubt. dollar business. You built your hometown NBA club. Like, dude, I, I would love to do it, do that in a second, but I just, there's work to do. How about that? There's work for, to do. For a guy that built a billion dollar brand in Qualtrics, I'm a little surprised the advertising branding thing but think about at it at the jazz is not better qualtrics is a tech sector company yeah he filled it he filled a need in the marketplace he didn't need to market <laughs> he yeah. like that's the genius of that business yep uh the todd father says it's tough to be that rich and relatable right boss frog Damn. yeah yeah boss frog tell us all about it <laughs> uh jeff woodworth today's billionaires just don't dress up like they did back in the oil baron days jr ewing where's jock ewing you got you don't even know who that is. Uh Mike Smith, I know it because the team moved uh from another town, but the name Jazz just does not fit well in Utah, in my opinion. People love it here. Oh, I yeah, I think it fits fine. I dude. think it fits fine. Yeah, yeah, I I yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Jeff uh Boss Frog says hundred percent. Um, welcome to the nightmare says, got my girl um into bucked up. She just ordered her free six pack. The buck doesn't stop here. See the <laughs> The, the buck, the buck doesn't. The buck, yeah, kind of like Jim Harbaugh, right? The buck doesn't stop with Jim, the, right? The buck doesn't stop here. Well, I appreciate you uh, growing the uh, bucked up nation nightmare. Thank you for that. 
Um, let's see. Boss Frog says loafers, Mike. It's in my repertoire. <laughs> oh, red bottoms, man. Oh, I like I like that a lot. Uh, Chuck B says he's tryhard, as my as my uh, kids say. He he is a tryharder. There's no doubt about that. Teddy Wayman, the Jazz will win between 38 and 42 games this season. I'll gladly eat crow at the end of the season if I'm wrong. By the way, when are we doing the steak exchange? Dude? Yeah, dude. When, like, when are you not going to be busy? Like, at Te- some point, can we go and get a steak? Dude? But Teddy's had life happening, and, I know, I, and I'm I all know, down with that. I know. I'm just saying. When, just are we going to go to another jazz game, Teddy? Theodore? Roosevelt? Are we going to a jazz Jedediah? game? When, when you grow, when the beard is fully back in, because I, I don't know. <coughs> See, you guys, <coughs> Teddy shaved his beard. How? Teddy's good dudes, right? The whole Wayman clan, like they're the best contractors. Oh, yeah, they are. You need your kitchen, your floors. You go to Wayman Brothers Construction. But Teddy shaved his beard. And I got to tell you that I believe in Teddy. You correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty certain that soaking wet with, with, and I mean like catalytic converters in his pocket. (laughs) This bro probably weighs 58 pounds. Like you are, you are, that beard weighs more than the rest of your torso. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to need the beard to I'm come for back. Real. I'm going to need the beard to come I'm back. For real. Look, man. Just keep it, just keep it classy, right? Keep the high fade, keep the beard. Don't go full, you know, biker mode on me. Like just keep it, keep it trim. I can't believe you shaved your beard. I, it hurts. I heard. I knew I felt a disturbance in the force. I thought it was the vernal equinox. It's not. It just turned out that Teddy shaved his beard. Yeah, it's not, dude. And once I saw the sky open up, right, it's the fucking vernal equinox. And that's what I thought, vernal equinox. Right. And I saw all the alien spaceships zooming in, and like all the satellites being sucked into their vortex. I thought, okay, you know. How about that? It turns out Teddy shaved his beard. Oh. You know, we all have moments. Uh, let's see. Ha ha, bro. I'm six foot, 185. <laughs> what are you calling me fat now? Come on. Yeah, you fat ass. Come on. Six foot, 185 pounds. Must be nice, dude. Fat. Yeah, yeah. how's Draper these days, Slick? Yeah. I'm a man. Yeah, they're lined up out on the curb waiting for you. Yeah. Teddy is the absolute cougar slayer of, of Draper. You took me. <laughs> Anita Dick and me. <laughs> oh, maybe, may, uh, and uh, listen, maybe because we need to honor the 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 greatness of Teddy Wayman. Waves in opposition. Anita Dick is an opponent. Waves in opposition. Holden Hiscock is also an opponent. <laughs> oh my god dude Hiscock. Oh. Hiscock. oh my word bro. my guy teddy holy my crap, guy teddy dude. amazing uh i shaved it for reasons that i told you about sir it's on its way back oh that you did oh shit. you did Thank you for making me feel like an asshole. Uh, Mike Smith have stayed in Houston and many other places in Texas, but not from there. What about Tarrant County? Tarrant County, boy. Uh, all right. Uh, real quick, real quick, real quick. Real quick. Because then we got to go. Because yeah. uh, it turns out we've been late the last three shows. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't about to be here another half hour, bro. Um, Are you guys 
Pasta or social media? Pasta. Social uh, media take too long. Okay. We'll do social media tomorrow. Yeah. It's National Pasta Day. Damn right it is. It is National Pasta Day. Yep. Fat. And I'm curious. How much pasta do you guys eat? And I'm being, I am not joking. You guys know that I've worked very hard to lose weight. I can't remember the last time I ate pasta. Don't lie to me. It, 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 can you remember me eating pasta? It had to be mac and cheese at Bob's Steak and Chops in, in Tarrant County, boy. And when we were in Dallas for, um, or excuse me, Arlington. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Get it right, sir. Get it right, you interloper. Um, when we were in Dallas for Big 12 Media Days. Yeah. I think that's the last time I had pasta. No, I cannot from Costco. No. Yeah. And that probably was. Yeah. I can't think of the last time well, I because you're a big fan of whole wheat penne with like red sauce and yeah, parmesan. And... But I don't do it because dude, that is the surest. But it upsets your stomach now, though, isn't it? Wasn't it? I kind of right, remember that. Because it causes it, it pasta for you, you guys don't want to know this. Pasta causes incredible inflammation in your belly. <laughs> so when you put it into your stomach and your long colon, it causes inflammation. It's terrible for you. Right. But if you want to hand me some chicken fettuccine all oh, day. Oh, dude, please. All day. Please. You want to hand me a pan of, of mac and cheese from Costco Hell all yeah. day. Every time we go to Mastro's or every time that Boss Frog sends us to Bob's Steak and Chops, mm -hmm. I'm getting mac and cheese. I'm a carb-eating motherfucker. But I can do it like once a year. Yeah. And I, look, I love it. Uh, make I, no mistake about it. My favorite is rigatoni, dude. I am a, rig a sucker oh, for rigatoni, Big dude. rig pasta. Sucker, oh, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jeff Whipworth says, I have pasta twice a week. My son wants it the night before games, dude. Dude, I'm telling you. Aaron Wilson says, hey, Monty. Thanks for the shout-out early asking about my AC heater on this old house I inherited. No, I have not been able to get it fixed. Bro, how? How? We're entering We're entering the winter in Salt Lake. All right, and, you guys. Uh, let's do it. Aaron, how much do you need to fix it? Yeah, how much you need, dog? How much do you need? No, be for real. How much you need? How much money do you need? Hey, Boss Frog, hope you're listening, bro. <laughs> Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, how much do you need to fix your heater? Yeah. Um, I have, I, I would love pasta once a week, Yeah, but I'm, it, it, it I can't do it. No. Gumby says it causes colon blow. It doesn't. No, um, it just, it, it, it expands in your stomach. So yeah. it inflames your stomach. Sella, Selentani pasta. Never heard of it. Uh, Gary Wolf, no wheat pasta. Oh, I love holy pasta. pasta's bomb, dude. dude. I mean, there's nothing like straight up flour pasta. Don't get I, me wrong. But. I'm telling you. It's amazing. Uh, to Todd, Father, white sauce is rough. Red sauce all day. Dude, I love them both. I love them both. Uh, dude, I think Monty just made my dinner decision for me. Dude, let's... Boss, when are we going to go to Bob's together? When are we going to go play some golf? We should, we, should, we should come down to Tarrant County. Boy. We should come down to Dallas. We should play some golf and then go get some din. I'm going to do that. We got to do that, dude. We have to do it. Mike Smith, when staying at a rehab facility, I had ramen for breakfast instead of those nasty-ass fake scrambled <laughs> eggs. How on this show? How does that happen on this show? Uh, if I come down to Florida, um, 
If you come down to Florida, hit up the garlic in New Smyrna Beach. Phenomenal. Smyrna. Smyrna. Uh, Gumby, I got five on it. Okay. Uh, salty drunk. Pasta is my kryptonite, hence the veranda over the tool shed. <laughs> Fat. Okay. Okay. Son of a... What happened, boss? Yeah. What did Aaron say? Um, it's a lot. There's no way. Oh, the, oh, oh, sir. Don't, dude, don't even ways. doubt, dog. How much is it? What? How much is yeah, it? Yeah, come on, dude. Let's just go. tell us, man. How much Let's is it? Let's go. How much is it? Uh, I have a window unit in my room, but by I'm worried, uh, bro, dude. How much is answer it? Answer the. What are you, Jim Harbaugh? Answer the damn question, damn, bro. How much is it? Under 10k. Okay, well, so you know the amount. How much is it? How much is uh, it? We're not judging you, dude. We're trying we're, to raise yeah, money. Nobody's for you, bro. judging you. We're trying to get it fixed for you. Damn. Uh, let's see. Gary Wolf, the colon clog is because of all the Parmesan cheese you put on. The colon <laughs> clog? Uh, Boss Frog, Monty, I'm taking you to Dallas Petroleum Club next time. Let's go. Let's go, dude. Let's go. I'm not sure, honestly. Dude? Aaron? Do you understand how much, how much this show, this program, has contributed to the advocates cause this month you understand like how much this program supports the sponsors of this program do you understand how much we support the people who support the program yeah so we're not trying to hang you out to dry we're trying to help you good lord i want to I help want you, to listen you. To me. have you seen the dark night where the guy dressed in hockey pads it's like we're trying to help i'm not wearing hockey pads <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We're trying to help our friends and love it. Where do you, what city do you live in, Aaron Wilson? Uh, isn't a water heater like three G's? It's it's not. It's his AC and heating unit. Oh, damn. Salty drunk. That's very generous, you guys. Aaron, let us help you, man. Let, uh, some, Please. Sometimes, and, and I think people need to understand this. And I hope people embrace this for exactly what it is. This is the best advice you're probably ever going to get. Be humble. Ask for help when you need it. I'm for real. Because I got news for you. There's no such thing as bootstraps. They don't exist. There's no such thing as I'm a prideful man. I'm going to figure it out. You're not going to figure it out. You're not. It, that heart and chest pain you're having ain't going away, dude. And when you, you have hypothermia this winter, that's not going away. You live in a part of the country that has wild weather swings. What are you going to do? Get an electric heater and burn the house down? That's not going to fix your heater, right? Let's get it fixed, man. We're, we're exactly Jeff. Help us help you. Yeah. You know, Matt Ritson, why are you trying to make me fat? Uh, Caraba Italian Grill in Vegas and in Phoenix are not bad. They're not bad. Um, are we having an intervention right now? Yes. Yes, we're trying to raise money to help him replace his unit. Okay, Aaron says, I have, I've had two guys come out and look. 1,200 to 8K, I honestly don't know. I will call tomorrow for an estimate. Well, let us help you, man. Uh, Aaron waiting for Cancun Cruise to help him. Damn, Good luck with that. bro. Chill. Elected a speaker of the house today. Damn. But I, I think you guys, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, honest to God, and, and Aaron, the show loves you. I'm not trying to be a jerk. 
we as men were too damn prideful and it's it, it, it and rich guys don't have it easy money money does not buy solutions to every problem and I, i'm just telling you now like what good is is having a community if we can't help the community you know like i, I that it we're this we're supposed to be this tight neck group we hang out and talk sports every day you know, we hang out and talk about Travis Kelsey getting that swelsey. Let's, if we can help, let's help. Yeah. You know, everybody needs help, man. Everybody needs help. OG Gary says, we'll send Teddy to fix it. <laughs> no, Teddy will tile over. Yeah. yeah well, Southwest Airlines. <laughs> um, well, Teddy will tile over the problem. I don't know. You can <laughs> fix that heater, boy. That tile is going to be beautiful. Uh, let's see. OG Gary says, uh, bingo, 8K is the number, system of elimination. <laughs> Get an estimate. Get an estimate. Salty, I need money to purchase some beer to ship to some friends in the U.S. Can you help? Dude. Uh, Boss Frog, do we have any HVAC casuals? Yeah, we have to have someone in Texas that Somebody. does HVAC. Come on. Somebody. Da- Dallas hey Aaron, are you in Are you in Lubbock? Or he's yeah, in... Aaron, where do you live, man? Yeah, are you in Lubbock? Where are you at? Um, we have so many... Dallas and Houston are massive markets for us. San Antonio is a big market. Uh, let's go. Uh, bro, I can fix anything. I ain't just a tile guy. Listen, okay, man. Listen, man. You give fucking Teddy Wayman a bag I'm for of real. You give him a bag of grout. I'm for real. I mean, he'll eat for a year. And your house is gonna be warm. But you ask that dude to rewire your mom's lamp, she's gonna be pregnant inside of a month. That should happen. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay, I'm I'm going. Macaque. <laughs> Teddy's like, there, you don't know how many water heaters I've replaced in Draper, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm going to hell, dude. It's decided. Uh Aaron Wilson says I'm in love. Yeah, so Aaron's a love guy. Get a number and let's get it handled. Get a number. Let's get it handled. Thankfully, Teddy has a sense of humor, but I don't because uh, the Knicks are losing already. I don't have a team that is worth a dang. I don't care if the Bulls are playing tonight. I don't want to know. Just trade Zach and Damar and let my heart break and I can heal. Yeah. Because Derek Rose again. Anyway. No. Teddy Wayman is hell real. It's not. It's not. Ask Mrs. Monty. Uh, salty drunk. Teddy has broken some back fences in his day. Hey, boy. Back is broken. Aaron Wilson, I could use the help, but I feel silly asking. Dude. Dude, don't feel silly. Yeah, don't get a number. The showgram will handle it for you. 8K is the number. Aaron said it above. Well, let's get a real estimate. Yeah. Aaron, get a real estimate and then let's let's take care of business. Let's take care of business and Let's see what we can do. Uh, Any, who who else phone blew up with notifications? Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. Wrong show. Uh, Boss Frog, Aaron, we need a quote by Monday. Thanks. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That or we're going to have to put you on a performance improvement plan, sir. I knew today would be shitty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Uh, Aaron, get us a number, please. Yeah, get us a damn number. We'll take care of it. 
Uh, the Monty Show is brought to you by our friends at Triday Trading, TridayTrading.com. You guys, Mrs. Monty's kicking ass. You should be kicking ass too. It's 10 bucks to get a 30-day trial membership at TridayTrading.com. Cannot wait to go home because I guarantee you it's 615. She's she's on her TridayTrading.com grind right bro. now. Yeah, she's doing amazing. You can be doing amazing too. Full-time traders from the Triday Trading Program making $1,000 a day. TridayTrading.com. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.